Welcome to the Family Unit Radio Show. The purpose of this show is to inspire, inform, and minister to you the truth about family from the Word of God. Now here's your host. Hello, and thank you for being part of this wonderful radio experience of the Family Unit Radio Show. I'm your host, Cleaver Rose, and I am so blessed, and I, I can't even describe it because last week's show was wonderful so that I want to really, really express my gr- deepest gratitude to everyone who listening in to it. And thank you so much for that opportunity for us to really come into your lives. And hopefully it will inspire and also uh, help you on this journey, especially um, Christian wives. And we really, really do appreciate it so much. Well, this week, you know, we really want to go into a little bit further into the, um, the, the things that God has given to my wife. It's really, really great. And I just want to really reiterate last week's show. It's very, I mean, very, very um, down to earth, you know, straightforward, nut to the cuff radio program. And I think that this that program itself is very, very worth the time for you to listen to it. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it, you could go to to the uh, RCR uh, Radio Network's webpage and you could be able to access to that broadcast, which will be at, uh, at www.rcrnetwork.com forward slash archives. And you could be able to be access to that show and go under me, Cleveland Rose, and you will see it from there. But this week, we're gonna go a little bit further. And um, I'm really glad that this week's broadcast is going to be much more direct to what is the traits of an excellent wife. And I think that this is a really, really great topic to talk about because it's so many things out here that defines an excellent wife. And my wife is here to really to start with this whole broadcast talking about the excellent wife. And we're going to go ahead and dig into this a whole lot deeper. So I want to introduce my my better half, Tawana. How you doing, baby? I'm doing fine. <laughs> you know, she is smiling, teasing from ear to ear when I call her my better half. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Um, she really is. She's really my better half. So let's go ahead and dig deep here. Now, what is the traits of an excellent wife? Can you describe that a little bit? Because you you mentioned this on your uh, God's plan for a godly wife. What is a excellent wife who fears the Lord? What is that? Well, um, like you said, as part of my, I had a series that I started. It was called um, God's Plan for the Christian Wife. And basically what I did was I broke it down into six different uh, series where I was going to certain uh, sections of scripture looking for uh, parts um, of of how to be a, a biblical wife. And so, um, of course, um, in this one, we I pulled this from Proverbs 31. Now, one thing about, the, about Proverbs 31, we hear a lot of people in the church talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, a lot of women are trying to be a Proverbs 31 woman. They are really like claiming that, 
Me personally, I'm not trying to be a Proverbs 31 woman. And the reason being is because the Proverbs 31 woman is not the doctrine of, of uh, biblical womanhood. Okay. It's not something that we need to strive to be because for one thing, it's not, these are not commands. Oh, really? Not yes. These are not commands. Basically, what was going on in Proverbs 31, um, what is his name, King Lemuel? Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it, yeah. which we know um, through further study that is uh, King Solomon. Right. And it was uh, his mother was talking to him and she was explaining to him the different traits and, and characteristics to look for in a wife. Well, with him being a king, he's looking for a queen. Right. And so that that's that's the basis of what you see in Proverbs 31. So basically what you're saying is... There's nothing in there about it being commands at all. There, these are not commands for women to live up to. So basically, Now, there are some good quality traits in there mm -hmm. that we need, you know, as godly wives, but it, there was no commands in there. So basically what you're saying is that King Solomon, mother, who has to, got to be perceived, what we're talking about here. Right. Um, it's really describing what it, it what to look for for a queen, right? But it's not the commands that lots of the was being stoked into churches today. Well, the commands for biblical womanhood, you will see more of that. Um, like say, for instance, in Titus chapter two. Mm -hmm. In Titus chapter two, we we uh, see where older women. It it tells what older women are supposed to be training the younger women to do. And how to be. Hmm. Interesting. And, you know, in Titus, you know, because it talked about what the older women are supposed to do and what the older men are supposed to do to train the younger men. So these are commands. Okay. Totally different from what you're getting in Proverbs chapter 31. Oh. Well, let's go ahead and get into Proverbs 31 while we're here. So um, go ahead and... Um, so it's not like we can't use... Um, the, you know, we can't you use the things in Proverbs 31. Yes, we can, because all of the Bible mm -hmm. is for us believers. Right. Absolutely. But people are treating it like they were just, you know, commands or something that we need to strive to be. And no one woman can be everything that's written in Proverbs chapter 31. Totally, completely, mm -hmm. you know, like that. These are things that we can develop, you know, over a period of time. Right. And in different uh, times of our lives, we may, you know, be these things. But I've never seen anybody be able to completely 100% hit every one of these points perfectly in their lives. I mean, we all struggle in our walk with Christ daily. Amen. So how can one woman be all these things at one time perfectly? That's true. No, so that's why I don't strive to be a Proverbs 31 woman because this is not a woman that I want to live up to be. Okay, okay. So let me... I mean, we have the whole Bible. To live up to, right. Right, and so the ex the examples that I more, you know, want to glean from are, you know, the ones that are in the New Testament that are commands. Okay, okay. So let's go ahead and get into this uh, Proverbs 31 and let's read, you know, let's read what it says in the Bible about that because I think that the listeners need to understand what is in detail. And each scripture has its details into it. So let's go ahead and read from the King James Version of it and let's go from there. Okay, so 
In this series, we're talking about Christian wives should strive to be an excellent wife. And um, an excellent wife is one who's virtuous or worthy. So it says, and starting in verse 10, it says, Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax, and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field, and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengthens her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle, her candle goeth not out by the night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yet she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. She strengthens and strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opened her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Mm. So this is Proverbs chapter 31. Verses 10 through 31. Wow. You know, just reading, that's, that's a lot to to um, to, to, to um, pack in here. A lot of things unpacked because there's a lot of things that is in here that needs to be broken down into different categories, it looks like. Right. We have different um, uh, trait characteristics we see throughout Proverbs chapter 31. And most of the time when I hear women in church talk about this, they are trying to talk about a woman mostly who is out there being successful. They they hyper-focus on her being a successful career woman. Mm-hmm. Because um, a lot of times in the church, which I think is very, very, very wrong for people to do, mm-hmm. is that... Um, you know, a lot of women there, you know, still wanting to stay within their traditional role. Mm-hmm. You know, that is very biblical to be a keeper at home. Right. And a lot of women in church, instead of them supporting that, they tend to look down on that by saying, well, don't you want to do more with your life? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not even in the Bible. Right. There is nothing in the Bible about being more as yeah. a woman. That is true. I I. I mean, not even for a man wow. either. There's yeah. nothing in the Bible about being more successful. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Those are not things that's going to going to help you in your relationship with Christ and it's not going to get you to heaven. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I noticed that with um, a lot of people <laughs> in some of these circles are really in, 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 in just getting hyper-focused on the career side of a woman, but God never called a woman to be uh, be career-oriented. I never yeah. seen that. I mean, that. there's nothing wrong if a, if, if a husband wants his wife to work, if a, a wife, you know, you know, chooses to work, it's nothing wrong with it, but they make it sound like... You know, they it pretty pretty much they've taken on the attitude of society. They've allowed society to come in and make them believe that they are incomplete without a career. That's really not good. And so when you come at you know, when, when they uh you know, they see someone, you know, in the church or whatever and they ask them, you know, so what do you do? And if you tell them that, you know, you're a stay at home wife and mom or you keep her at home mm-hmm. You get like a pause Mm -hmm. sometimes or they're like, well, so you don't work? You know, it's like, (laughs) why are they questioning that? They're questioning it as if you've done something wrong. There is nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have personally felt this way and I've talked to, you know, many women and even even read about things online as well about how people, they, they make them feel like they've done something wrong. Well, we can't, we don't live in a time where women can stay at home now, you know, everything costs too much and blah, blah, blah. And then they go through all these reasons why. None of it's even biblical at all. And so they don't stop to think about what they're doing. And I think that, you know, the pastors in the pulpit, they really need to look at that and they need to, you know, address that in church Mm -hmm. because it's something's wrong. Something is very, very wrong. For them to even go there, because mm-hmm. women, you there, you, there was a time when women didn't work, and no one questioned it. Right. But they said that was a different time. Right. Yeah. Okay, but there would have been some point, even even before, even in biblical times, where you would see a lot of women were working. They, you know, they were at home. Yeah. Taking care of their homes and their families. Yeah. And there was nothing wrong with it. We have uh, all kinds of examples in the Bible where people were poor and things like that, but that didn't stop that. True. So for people in the church to be questioning why both both uh, adults in the home are not working, something's wrong there. Yeah. Because it, they didn't get that from the Bible. They got that from the culture. Yeah. Culture. And they're trying to think bring things from the culture into the church. Mm-hmm. And just everything in the Bible, they're just, just, just like changing it. Yeah, they're trying to change the word God to fit the culture instead of the, the word God changed the culture. Exactly. And I know for many wives who, um, you know, in the agreement with their husband for them to stay at home, you know, people don't know the, the, the faith that it takes to, to do that. Yeah. It's a faith walk. Mm. Wow. And I even, even like, you know, because we homeschooled our son. That was a faith walk. People tend to look at something like it's an easy route. It's not an easy route. It's a faith walk. Yeah. You have to trust God every single step of the way. And, you know, we live in a, we live in a society where everybody wants everything easy. Yeah, we do. And so I think that in the church, we tend to overlook that fact. You know, we know we need to grow in our faith. Right. But we always are trying to do things to get out of that. Yeah. We, we're trying to run away from... The, the task at hand instead of actually ask the God to help us through the whole task. Yeah, and so it's like all the things that we go through in life, whether it be trouble in our marriage, sickness, disease, just whatever, money problems, 
if you don't have things going on in your life, some trials and tribulations that's helping you to grow in your faith, how will you grow if everything in your life is perfect? Mm -hmm. Everything in your life is how you want it to be. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you have, you know, preaching out here that tells you that you can have everything you want, I mean, they're, they're selling people a bunch of lies. Yeah, see, and, because and, that right there, <laughs> you you're not gonna learn how to grow absolutely in God the way you need to be. Yeah, I know. That's that. why so many weak Christians out here they don't know anything about being resilient and persevering and things like that. Yeah, I I, I commend you for that because, oh, it's it it, it sickens me because you know, you people claim want to claim something they don't even have. The, they say the spiritual muscles to use because they don't have the spiritual muscles to use. <laughs> That's why you see so much divorce in the body of Christ. I mean, come on, you, yeah. you you got so many women out here so focused on their careers, and they have crumbling marriages. Right. But they're gonna choose that career of their marriage. Yeah. They're gonna choose that career over raising their children. I mean, they they're handing the every their children out to everybody else to raise them and stuff, and and to pour into them. Mm -hmm. They don't think about those kind of things because why? They want stuff. They want to prop themselves up and they want to be somebody. All these things. Like being at home is not making me be somebody. Mm. I am somebody. Amen. You are. I'm doing great work for the kingdom. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not for this world, for right. the kingdom. Yeah, that's what matters. It's the kingdom. Whatever Father God is asking of you to do, mm -hmm. and that's what He wants you to do for His will, not right. your will, but His will. This is not about making me happy. This is about doing what's best for the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Because we about kingdom business here. Amen. Absolutely. And when you about kingdom business, you will find yourself being in situations and stuff. You're not going to be happy about it. Amen. But this is not about your happiness. Ooh. This is about God's will and what he wants to happen. <laughs> and that's going to take some blood, sweat, and tears sometimes. Amen. To bring about God's will. Go ahead, girl. Yeah. So, that, so that's what it's about. Amen. I mean, that's what I had to learn about marriage. It's not about my happiness. Amen. Amen. It's not. It's it's about God's purpose. Mm -hmm. And you know what I found out? I'm happy doing what he has asked me to do. Right. I thought I was going to be happy the way the world called, you know, talked about marital happiness. Right. I thought I wanted that. But no, right. I know another type of happiness, which is more peaceful. Right. Because I'm at peace. I'm not worrying about trying to do it everybody else's way. God really doesn't ask much of us when you think about it. Yeah, that's true. He just asks us for obedience. We yeah. may not understand it a lot of times the things he's asking us to do. Mm -hmm. But once we start to grow and mature spiritually and we start and he start, you know, helping us to understand more and more and more through the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. you become more at peace and happy. Amen. You do. Because um, I think that that's where if you really look at some of the women today looking for that. It's called artificial happiness. Yeah, they're looking for artificial happiness. They keep searching, searching, searching. And, but God, it's right there. God is right there. But wives is 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 really kind. It, it, it saddens me because when you know going to work, meet with people, everything else, you see a lot of women at work, and they look like some of them, not all of them, but some of them are so caught up in the culture that they hyper focus on a career boost into a position. But they are, but they look at how they treat their spouses at home because I got I know a couple of people my personally who act that way. They acting just as like 
he just get like the person is on their last nerve or they mm -hmm. like, well, oh man, my guy, why, why he's like that? And no, they, they more focus on moving forward in the company, but they're not looking at, well, where your, your place at home. Well, think about it. You're saying some things there that really stands out. They're looking for their own happiness, right. their happiness. Right. Do you see how selfish driven that is? Their own happiness. Okay, so I had to realize that you can't make me happy. No one can't make me happy. Right. I can choose to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I can allow God to make to make me happy. Right. But why am I going and looking for happiness? <laughs> or looking for someone to make me happy. Right. And so that's what trips a lot of wives up in their marriages. Mm -hmm. They're looking for their husband to make them happy. Right. I, I like I said, I had someone on post on Facebook um just you know a few hours ago was trying to talk about marriage and was talking about, you know, certain things going on in the church and everything else. And the person may a, a, a thing. What if is it holy to be married four, five, six times? I said, well, if you are a Christian, you should be married to one woman or one man, and your whole focus should be on what God's will is instead of your own will. And people who want to marry like that are is the world. That's the world's way. Did you say holy? Yeah. They say is it holy? Is a holy or sacred to be it, married that many times? Absolutely. What would put that in their mind? I don't know. It's just that I believe that the person didn't see the whole post in general of what God is saying. It's that God is holy. But you have failed marriages. Yeah. But those marriages, you forgot the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. See. And it, where did God come in and, and, and bring restoration? That's right. What All you have is a pattern of quitting. Yeah. Queen, your your There's your nothing role. holy about that. Right, and as as Christians, you should be <laughs> questioning even on the first marriage what happened. I can see the world acting like that, thinking it's okay to be married that many times, but it shouldn't be for a child of God. That's my point, and I get that. The, I, I, the, I don't get the fact why they asked that question, but that question stood up. I said, wait a minute, if you're going with the world's way of doing things then you're going to act like the world. So it was biblical. What is the biblical understanding about it? Everything in God's word is holy. Everything we just read about Proverbs 31 verses 10 to 30, 31 is about God and what he set the standard for us men and women in marriage. The point is, is that you should not even ask the question why. You should know for a fact why. You shouldn't, you shouldn't know for a fact that the world trying to find their own happiness without God instead of, and with us, we should be thinking, thanking God that we can find happiness through him, not to our own worldly human ways of looking at things. That's why we need to renew our mind to him about well, maybe that. the person asking that question wasn't walking in the spirit. The person's not filled with the spirit because yeah. something inside of that person should have they should have been disturbed by even thinking that. I, I was. So that's a person that's not walking in the spirit. They obviously don't read the word. Yeah. Because, you know, through reading and studying the word of God and just walking with him daily, mm -hmm. you will come to know some things. And that's I, that's bizarre right there. I've never yeah. heard a question like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a, wow. you, you get You get so many questions, even from 
I, I pray, I pray that person gets some understanding. Me too. Well, I hope that they're listening in because um, there's a lot of stuff we need to unpack here that hopefully when they see what is a virtuous wife or what is the patterns and characteristics of an excellent wife, they would see that this is all godly. This is godly. So let's go in here in the New, James, uh, New King James Version. I want you to touch base on, we're going to break this down because you got here that is being broke down in so many uh, characteristics. Let's go over here with the virtuous wife here. We're going to verse 10 to 12 and explain that a little bit in detail. Okay, okay so we've already talked about the fact that a lot of women <clears throat> are wanting to be Proverbs 31 women because they want to look at the successful side of this woman, mm -hmm. which one thing that they're missing out on, this she was not a career woman. Right. She may have been able to make things and sell them, but you don't, there's nowhere in here, and if you look at back in that time, time period, this woman was not a career woman. Right. For one thing, she was a, she was a queen. <laughs> Queens don't work. <laughs> she may help her husband, right. but she don't work. Another thing is, she didn't, she did not leave her home every day and, um, had someone else watching her children for her all the time. She was there taking care of her children. She watched over her household. Right. If you look at, if you just go read down the scriptures, you'll see that. So she wasn't leaving her home to go out there and, you know, submit to another man. Right. She wasn't. Right. <laughs> yeah, that is. She deep. wasn't going out there trying to make a name for herself. That's true. There's a lot her of them heart, This woman's heart was at home. Right. And if you just if they just slow down and carefully read it, get some Bible concordances and read some old commentaries, they will come to understand they are totally missing it. People are trying to build doctrines around this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And women are just they're trying to use this as a standard and they're missing it. Yeah. This woman is she you can't just look at our day and age. And pull from this scripture that this woman was like what you see women are today. This is not what she was. She was not that kind of woman. This woman was about her home and her family. And and when we get we're gonna go ahead and read through this list and pull out some very important characteristics, yeah. uh, some traits and attributes about her that godly wives we need to be looking at that too and asking ourselves some questions. Yes. Can I find myself being that way in my home, in my marriage, with my husband? Yes. Let's go ahead and do that right now because okay. this is this is this is deep because we need to go ahead and kill one of these sacred cows that is going on in the body of Christ about the Proverbs thirty one woman that she is a career woman and a woman of business, a woman of the world, if you want to say it like that. Let's go ahead and uh, kill these sacred cows. Go ahead and get started with that, baby, so we could go ahead and start to bring some men potatoes in this. Okay, so, okay, so in verse ten we see that this woman is she's a virtue. You know, it says who can find a virtuous wife. So we're going to be learning about this woman's marriage and her character as a wife. Okay. Now look at this. It says <clears throat> her her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. Mm. So he will have no lack of gain. Mm -hmm. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. 
How many wives can say that they are truly doing it? Now, we may think in our minds that we're doing that. You know how we think so highly of ourselves as people, right? Right. (laughs) So we can think that we are doing that. Mm -hmm. And we will convince ourselves that we are doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. But I had to carefully think about and examine this more and more and more as I kept reading over and over again and just doing deeper study. Mm -hmm. So here we're seeing that her husband trusts her. Right. Now, I remember we had a conversation, you know, some years ago, and I was asking you about, you know, a man's heart and, you know, for him, what does it take for a man to trust a woman in his heart? Now, we, when we think of trust, we think, you know, well, you know, I'm loyal to him. I don't lie to him, blah, blah, blah. We think things like that. Right. But then we know, like, sometimes a man in his sinful nature he tends to, you know, do things, and the wife doesn't understand why he would do certain things. Like, for instance, um, he may not be completely honest about something that he did or something that he's that uh, he was thinking or, you know, things like that. And so it can become a cycle right. in the marriage. And then the wife, she eventually sees that, you know, I can't trust him. Right. And then, and then she gets very, very disappointed. Right. Because she's like, I'm trying everything I can to do good and right by this man, and he does these things. Right. Right. But here, there's something there, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't trust her. Yeah. It's a, it's, I remember you would tell me over and over again that you trust me. But I said, I can't see in your actions. You act like you can't trust me. Why would you keep secrets from me? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it was heartbreaking. Right. You know, it was like time and time again, it's like I could, I can't, I got to a point where I was like, I can't even talk to you and get a straight answer out of you. I know you're lying. You're lying to me. Mm-hmm. And it would just be a, just a cycle of just constant arguments and things like that. Right. But yeah. see, there was a lot of things, you know, you had to work through a lot of childhood issues. And right. There was things I may say to you that would trigger you and you would go back to doing whatever you did to um, be able to cope as a kid mm-hmm. and so it was like a there's a non it was just it was just a cycle it was just exhausting mm-hmm. it was heartbreaking it was it just invoked a lot of fights in, with us I was crying a lot I was just like Lord why I'm doing the best I can and so as time went on I had to you know as we had more conversations and you explained to me it was the way I reacted to things so it's like if you was about to make a decision or do something, you were afraid of how I was going to react to it. Yeah. Because of how you saw Missy, I did not know or understand that. And so then, you know, I had to have other women explain that to me. Other mature Christian women explain to me what what was going on. And it's like, okay, so your husband, he still needs to grow. He's not there yet. Right. And so he, you know, if he was used to getting in trouble about something, and then here you are, his wife, and he doesn't want to let you down. He's afraid of you getting mad. You may leave him. Whatever he's afraid of, he's reacting to that. Of course, yeah. Because he's afraid of how you are going to take something. So you have to get to a place to where he, he can trust you. He can trust opening up to you. Right. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't he be able to open up to me? I open up to him. Yeah. <laughs> but it was all about the reaction. It was the way I was reacting. Yeah. It was, and the thing about it, 
um, that was really what's going on. Of course, you're right about the childhood issues and the way I was brought up. That really kind of stimulate to those things that that and a lot that. of husbands are like that. That's yeah. what they, they they told me that too. A lot of men are like that until they, you know, if they're not saved, until they come to Christ, or until they, you know, if they are in Christ, they grow and mature. They have to. It's just a growth process, yes. just like anybody who, you know, when they get saved, it takes time to grow, and so we can't expect for our men to grow at the same rate we're growing. Right, right. And then we have to always remember that all of us fall short of the glory of God. Amen. So we need to cut you some slack. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord with that one. <laughs> because, I mean, you rise to the right. And, and you know, it's really, I, I love you so much about you being open with that because that was a, a huge thing for me. Because I didn't, know, even for me, I did not even know. Yeah. About yeah. that was a, fa a big, big, huge factor. Yeah, I remember you saying that you didn't even know that yourself. See, then a lot of men don't know that either, that they are like that for that reason. Yeah. That's why a lot of people, a lot of men need to really get to get with real mature men in the church mm -hmm. to really talk to them about this because it's really needed. I mean, we, can ha we have men's fellowships all over. And they want to get men to the church that they do all this outing, go to games, all this blah, blah, blah. But they need to really start doing that. They really need to say, look, guys, you know, let's be real. That, you know, we all got issues here. We need to really come to grips about it. Now, a lot of guys want to shine. They hold on to it. Like, oh, it's, it's that if you go down, be vulnerable. And a lot of guys feel do, like you're not manly man, man, you admit admit it. Right. Yeah. But that's not the case here. We want God to come in and heal. And that's the problem with some men. Men nowadays don't want to get, they, 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 they think they're healing, get God to heal their heart. They become feminine. That's not the case. God is not making you a female. God is making you hold. And that's what's wrong with a lot of men, that we get to the point of understanding that we need to be whole instead of how to lead, how to minister to our wives, how to even minister to our children, how to even lead the family from all this crap going on out here in the world. That's where the trust really comes in. Not only, you got to trust God first before you start trusting your wife. That's when you really got to start to learn that trust. See, it's yeah, also, that was another factor that, that had, you know, came out too in our conversations is that, you know, if you don't even trust God, you're not going to be able to trust anyone else. Exactly. And that, and that's the problem with men. Men don't trust God. A lot of men don't trust God enough to really trust anybody. That's why they're so cynical. That's why they react and act the way they act in, uh, in their age because they are very, very, their trust is not in God. They trust themselves. Mm -hmm. And when you start trusting yourself, you can fail. And a lot of men don't want to fail in anything because if they fail in anything, they, they regress. And that's why a lot of men, if you look at the statistics now, a lot of men commit suicides more than women. Why? Because they trust themselves. And when they fail in themselves, depression, uh, all kinds of things going on with them. And they have the suicide thoughts going in their head. Yeah, I had heard something once before, you know, because we hear a lot of times like, when a man, you know, does go through a divorce, he may just jump up and get another woman. Mm -hmm. But there's another side to it. I've heard stories where some women, they had regretted having um, not allowed God to really grow and mature them when they were married because they had gotten a divorce and then their husband committed suicide. 
Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I did not realize that a divorce could be so detrimental to a man like that because you normally hear that, oh, he's going to go get another woman. It's hard. You know, it'd be quicker for a man to get a, get another um, partner than it will for a woman. It may take her longer, you know, because she's more uh, vulnerable and sensitive and mm -hmm. things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I heard that. I'm like, wow, I bet a lot of people don't think about that. No. That, that, that you know, because, you know, you guys are tough. You, mm -hmm. you know, carry that toughness and everything. And you don't show your emotions the way women do. And so... We can take that for granted. Yeah, because so if you really look at it, even my story, you pretty much know it. When you gave me up to God, and this is a really, really powerful point of of our marriage was when you gave me up to Christ, to God. I was angry. I was angry with you doing that. And when I got angry, I was trying to find all kinds of vices to get myself into to get the flesh sued. And nothing, it was like God was stopping all of that. I tell, it was in my head because all, how our marriage looked like it was no no room for repair. Yeah, because yeah, it, it got to the point where I want I wanted out. Yeah, you did. I'm like, you know, it's, it's obvious this man is not a Christian mm -hmm. and he's not trying to, you know, make things right with God. He's not trying to make things right with me. He just continues on in his patterns and his right. ways. He's getting worse. He's going from one thing to the next, and I just can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I remember you telling me once before that um, you had contemplated suicide during those times. And see, I did not know that. Now, yeah. what if I had a went ahead and divorced you? You may have gone and jumped off a bridge or something, and I would be one of those wives feeling devastated that, man, I wish I had a tried harder. And that's what I wish was I would have. I wish I would have gave it some more time and just trusted the Lord more because yeah. that would be devastating to know that I would have had a part in that. Yeah, I know that it wouldn't have been my decision. It wasn't my decision for you to to go and make a choice to take your life. But you know, you know, like we were saying in the last broadcast, marriage is a ministry. Right. You are ministering to this other person. That's right. They are, you know, if they're a believer, they're ministering to you. You cannot be in it for your happiness. Right. Exactly. You have to you have to be in it so that God's will can come about. Exactly. Because this is another person's soul on the line here. Exactly. And, you know, we're supposed to go you know, into all the world and make disciples. Well, mm -hmm. doesn't discipleship start at home too? Absolutely. That's the most important place. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to go outside the home and do something, but what about the people that's right there with you? You know, it says, mm -hmm. love thy neighbor. Well, your husband, your wife, and your kids, that's your neighbor. They right there with you. <laughs> exactly. Are they not important? It's, that's, my, that's right. That's where God, it's so wonderful that you say that because, it, I was about to jump over that bridge, and I was going to just take on my life, but it was like I was wrestling with it, and I got back into the truck, and I was angry, angry, just mad. And I said, who could love me like that? And, and just that peace of God that said, I can. Then when he showed me that I know I need him, then he says, well, you have another person that could love you like that too. And that was you. And that was a big, huge thing for me to realize that, you know, my wife really deserves better. But when I realized I need a savior that I could trust and give my allegiance to the Lord Jesus, that's where 
the trust started to, it, it was it was a process. It's not automatic. It was a process for me because it was a lot to unpack in my life. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that, you know, it wasn't me loving you because I was like, I had gotten to that point where it's like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I can't be his wife. I can't love him. I can't do anything. I just feel like a total failure in this whole thing. Nothing is going right. And I think God had to show me, no, you can't do this in your own strength. You mm. need me. Wow. So I had to, so I had to give everything over to God and I had to allow God to love you through me. That's I could not do it in my own strength. Amen. Exactly. I had to make myself a slave to him mm. and to his will. I had to surrender my Amen. own happiness and everything over to him so that his will could come about. And and that was a struggle because I had to not worry about what other people thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had, all of that had to go out the window. I don't mm. care what other people think about what I'm doing. Right. I'm about God's will right now. Ah, man, that's beautiful. Because nothing that I could ever do for myself is going to matter in heaven. It's not going to matter. Amen. All I, I can go out there and try to pursue a career and, and find my own happiness. None of that is going to matter to mm. the kingdom. That's right. Amen. Because that is not part of doing God's business. No, it's <laughs> that is not kingdom business right there. That's right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All of that stuff that happened, that that happiness and success, and all that stuff. That's that's only going. That's going to end once you leave this earth. That's right. That's that's not stuff you take with you on the other side. Right. That ain't gonna matter if you if you uh you know made um you know made made lots of money and and accumulated lots of uh, th- uh material wealth and things like that. None of that's gonna matter when you're not here. That's right. So why are we pursuing that above God's will? What he, what what his you know pursuing the things of his kingdom? Right, and that's where you know when you said that that was really profound because. God's word, his king, his will, even for our marriage, we got to surrender to him. What we did was, even you know, I'm thinking about even now, when you did, took up the role of a godly wife, when you were walking into it, versus wife, you was really showing me I could trust you. But it was God in you that I could I trust. That's the key right there. I wanted you to be able to trust the God in me. Mm-hmm. And that's how God. Because it wasn't about me. It was exactly. about him. Yeah, that's what God came in. And I became born again. I became restored because you didn't have to say a word. You saw me what, I, what you are, your role. And when I started to realize that, that really started the trust. In God, that you have in you, I started to love that more. I love God more. I, I read the word more, and then look what happened. If even I'm still in a work of progress with it, but it's I'm so full of light and love with God in my life because you did you you didn't gain nothing out of Him. You did not trying to prove yourself that you're worthy. You just dig his will. I gained something. I gained peace. <laughs> I did. I you gained, did, baby. I you gained did. God's peace is what I gained. Yes, you did. You sure did. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. And something else I learned, too, you know, when they're talking about um, 
the heart of her husband safely trust her. And something else I learned about trust is that um, when I became humble and more vulnerable, and what I mean by that is that I started to share with you my own struggles. Right. You oh, know, man. because, yeah. you know, you know I, I think we talked about this in the last broadcast about how sometimes a wife you know, when she's growing spiritually, she can kind of throw that in her husband's face, right. especially like if he's not saved or he said he's saved, but he's not growing, you know, spiritually enough for her. Right. And she can kind of throw that in his face by, you know, quoting scriptures at him and all kind of stuff like that. But when I became humble enough to, to just open up and tell you things that I was struggling with. Mm-hmm. That also helped you to trust me more because right. I was able to admit that I do struggle. Yeah, it did. I may have been, I may have come to Christ way long before you did, but it didn't mean my life wasn't free of struggle. Amen. And when I opened up to you that I about me, you know that I do struggle. Yeah. You know that it, yes, it's a, it's a daily struggle, but I continue to strive. I get up every day and I keep striving. You know to to um you know walk with christ and to yeah. grow and mature in him and and i just talked about different things that i was struggling with and it's like i guess you just kind of looked at that and that really just made you like wow it gave you more hope it for did. You because you felt like you know you just in your life you just felt like you just couldn't get make things right yeah. every, every which way you turn you just couldn't do right and you kept looking at other people and and how they were growing in god and you couldn't figure out how to get there and so to have me, your wife, your other half, right. the person that you are one with, mm-hmm. to share that with you, to be vulnerable yeah. with you like that and not come across as spiritually haughty, yeah. that helped you. It did. It really did because, I mean. Because I had to learn how to extend grace to you. I had to think yeah. about the fact that, you know, when I mess up the way God forgives me, yeah, why wouldn't I be able to do that for you? Yeah. And you know what you did was you planted a seed inside of me to really look at the fact of looking at you as a person that you are a sister of Christ, that you struggle, you you go through things as any other believer do. But even with that, you have grace of God with you. And would that show me... As I was yeah, because you thought I, you was you was looking at me like I was perfect. I'm like, no, I am far from perfect. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with with my emotions. I'm struggling in how I feel about things. I, I feel like you know, one minute I'm doing good, the next minute I'm feeling at this and that. And so I just kept, you know, I just shared that with you, and you were like, wow, it didn't look like you were struggling. I thought that everything was was perfect with you. You know, you didn't do no wrong. And right. I'm like. No, yeah. I have thoughts that I shouldn't have. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that that was that was just great that we were able to talk like that, and I really think that that was a breakthrough for us as well. It was. It was. It was. And you know, it's really re- remarkable because you know, my mind starts to renew, reading the word for one thing, and trusting God more, and going to worthy and mature men to help me as a uh, as a as a man you know in this this narrow path i found that it was hard to find it yeah and, i remember you just telling me that you know 
it's kind of hard for a man to get around a, a, a bunch of men and, and talk about stuff that they're going through. And so I know you had mentioned, um, you know, brothers coming together, like for brothers fellowship and men's fellowship, stuff like that. And a lot of men don't like to do things like that. Right. Some women don't like to do it either. Right. And that's why I think discipleship is very, very important. If you have at least one person in your life that, you know, this person, you know, is mature than you mm-hmm. and they can kind of help you, you know, someone you can go to and ask questions. You get to see them live life and how they do things. Because right. that's what I was needing too as a wife. You know, like I said before, it was one thing to have them talk about certain things in church you know that a wife must submit to her husband and things like that but i did not know what what it looked like on a practical everyday basis to be a help meet i did not know what that looked like because you know when you see people at church everybody looks like everything is going great Mm -hmm. but you don't know what it's like when they go home and then a lot of times when you thought someone had a good marriage and the next thing you hear they're getting a divorce and you're like what (laughs) you know so it's like so that's what i needed i needed a person up close and personal to help me to understand some things because i didn't understand a lot of stuff you know how i was supposed to act as a wife right even though i was reading the scriptures you know searching the scriptures and trying to understand what god is asking of a wife i just didn't understand a lot of things that I need to do. And I tried the best I could with what I knew, mm-hmm. but it was more of what the world calls being a good wife. It wasn't about being a godly wife. Right. And so that's what I had to learn, but it took me being discipled by someone who was more mature than me. And then when, you know, when, when people would, you know, other women would open up to me and tell me, you know, things like you know well yeah i went through that too and this is what this is what i did right it was so humbling for me to hear some other woman's struggle and how she you know allowed god to teach her Mm -hmm. right through those times and stuff and so that was really that's what i was needing i was needing to be discipled and that and, and i think every man and woman needs someone that they can go to amen i i mean it's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with the groups or whatever but mm-hmm. people don't tend to open up like that in groups maybe women may do it some sort but i know men no. they're, they're not going to tell they're not going to tell another group of men what's going on with them no because a lot of feel less of a man yeah they feel embarrassed that's really because i mean i'll be honest when i went to a lot of men fellowships oh man um they will i mean to be honest some of them, if you really take the time to understand some of the fellowships I went to, mm-hmm. a lot of them were pretty. It could it could be have better results if they were men discipling other men one on one, like you said. But I know you kept sharing with me how intimidated you would feel because you said a lot of men like they were so put together. Yeah. It was. And it he was, was just like, I don't belong in this group because I got all these issues going on with me. Right. And the one thing that I know is very, very important for wives, for Christian wives, is to be praying for your husband. Amen. Pray for him often. Definitely. Especially pray for him to to be able to find a another spiritually mature, godly man that right. he that he will listen to. Right. A man that is going to lead him in the ways of God. Someone that he can just talk to 
you know, open right. up to, you mm-hmm. know, if he has a question about something. Yeah. I, because a lot of men just, just feel like they can't talk to other men. Yeah, I'm glad you They pray. don't want other men to know they're struggling. I just pray for God, for God to, you know, open your heart up to receiving from a more spiritually mature man. And you, I know that you used to would never want to talk to anybody. And oh, I just yeah. pray for someone to come into your life that you would be able to trust, that you could talk to and, and not feel ashamed of opening up. And that's one of the beautiful things when you did that, when you did pray, you know, God brought men into my life. And I actually, see, you never even knew I had been praying that because I had never shared that with you. No, no, you didn't. And but in, and even when I knew those men came in my life because see it took like I said that process going into understanding what who you are in Christ and but you you know deep down you need someone who's much more mature than you are and you hunger for someone to show you what does that look like practical a practical way of, of living as a as a as a as a child god you know yeah because i remember you didn't want no one telling you what to do whatsoever you wasn't gonna listen to nobody <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so that's, that's why i had to constantly be praying i couldn't just tell you that you needed to go to this place and do that or whatever right. i had to you know go in and before god in secret and pray for you because i just knew that you were not open to talking to nobody Right. You said, I don't want nobody in my business. And yeah, it was just all kinds of, you know, things that you were saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were so resistant toward it. You just wasn't going to do that. Right, exactly. Even, even th- through the years of me wanting to go to uh, get God- godly counsel, you were not open to that either. No, You don't want nobody telling you what to do. That's no. what you said. I don't want to yeah. And <laughs> guys, listen, and listen to this, uh, uh, guys, I want to really put this in here so, um, to really reiterate what my wife is saying here, what it was going, you know, at that time frame that when you are not right with God, you will resist God because you are not with Him. You, your, 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 your whole being, your flesh, and everything that you are dependent on as a worldly person, that's what your nature is going to be. You're going to react to that. You're going to do things of your flesh. So I want to make that clear. If a guy, if a man said that they are a Christian and they acting like the world, they need to check their salvation. I just wanted to put that out there first because through the years, I was claiming to be of a of a child God and I wasn't because all the lo- all the things that I put out there may affront about it and come <laughs> to the grips on. It wasn't even biblical sound. I mean, it wasn't even godly because my 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 uh, fruit shows different. I was worthy, and when I was when I was a worldly man, I think like a worldly man. I didn't have the renew the uh, Holy Spirit inside of me. I was not regenerated. So when you, when people say, "Well, I, yeah, I got these things here, and they claim to be something, but their fruit doesn't reproduce it," not just out of ten, you need to check your heart. And just make sure that you are in, you are your salvation is with God, because you got to make sure Jesus is your Lord first before He becomes your Savior. Yeah. And so, so, but but let's continue on here. I, yeah, I, yeah, before you continue on, um, no, I want to say something else about what you're saying there. Um, I know that um, during the time when things were really bad, you know, between us, and mm-hmm. I was you know, being discipled by another um, older, mature uh, Christian woman, she had, you know, we were talking, having a conversation about, you know, that very thing that what you're saying. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> and she was you know she made me look at look at this this way she said you and I both know that you know he doesn't have the fruit of showing that he's not saved and I said but he keeps arguing the fact he keeps saying yes I am right. but there is just nothing in his life that has changed since the day he said he accepted Christ she said well she said but you're his wife you are his wife you are his lover and mm -hmm. God called you to be his helpmeet and you are supposed to still submit to him regardless if he is following God or not you see that in first Peter chapter 3 right but you are not gonna win him over with nagging you're not gonna win him over you see that this man he see he he has he he's he's in a weak vulnerable state right now he feels terrible about himself right I was and while in your mind you think that it should be just easy for him to go to God you, you're not going to win him over like that. You're going to have to keep loving him and showing him that you are there for him. See, that right there plays into his heart. Safely trust her. Yeah. You had to trust that I was going to be there no matter what. You did not need someone to give up on you. Amen. You had enough of that in your life. Yeah. And did. you didn't need one other person in your life to give up on you. That's right. Amen. And so she said, you need to continue to encourage him the best you can. Say good things about him. Talk about his good qualities. He don't need to keep hearing all the negative things. He knows that already. Yeah. And, and and you as his lover, you don't need to talk like that to him. He doesn't need to hear that from you. That's that is that because right that's not going to help powerful. build. It's not going to build up and edify him oh. and help him to to get to get to God where he needs to be. It's not going to help him. So you got to be very careful what you say to him. He's sensitive. Yeah. Some men are sensitive like that. And you have to be careful what you say. Yeah. And Choose your words wisely. Yeah. The main thing he needs to know is that you love him because you showing that you love him, he will come to see that God loves him. Yeah, it, it, it did. And God he will did. come to see that God has has sent him a great thing in his life, which is his wife. Amen. I I oh my God, you are speaking when I got saved. That that very thing. That's how I got saved. I mean, that what you did. You showed me you love me. And when you gave me up to God, and when you really said, "I love you, Cleveland. I love you so much, but I cannot accept your sin." Yeah. When you told me that, that was the the seed that was sown yeah, in my I, life. I said, "I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna be here." Yeah. It doesn't mean that I accept any of these things that you're doing. Right. I'm giving all of that up to God. You have to answer to him for that. Yeah. And when you did that, I did. And when God said, I could love you like that, that was the hardest thing ever. To really realize someone could love me as deep like that and more, more just genuine. And when you realize that... <laughs> That's when you really surrender. I, I I did. I mean, I don't know anyone else how they surrender to Christ, but that's my testimony. Yeah, I could tell that when I said that to you that I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I could tell. I could see it in your face and in your actions from that day forth. Like you were just in awe because you really thought that that it was done. Because I had told you I was done so yeah. many times. I was just done, done, done. You couldn't even change my mind. I was so done. <laughs> yeah, I so I think I had convinced you I was pretty done. Yeah. And so when I said, I'm not going anywhere, 
Yeah. I don't accept what you're doing, but I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm just going to get this over to God. That was it. You wasn't mm-hmm. expecting that. I was not expecting that at all. I was not even expecting you even saying that. Because I, I in my mind, it was about to get into my heart to really accept it. But it was something deeper. Like, no, she can't just give me up like that. Yeah, and we had some other conversations after that because I would say to you that um you can keep playing these games all you want to but you are you're gonna come it's gonna come a day you will regret this you will look back at all this stuff and you're going to regret this because you cannot play with god no and i said you are hurting the people that care about you the most yeah i'm sorry you can't see that but you're gonna regret this one day yeah and you know what's so powerful with that i glad and a lot of people will say Cleveland, that's weird to so say you're glad you regret. No, I'm glad that that regret came for me to change. Because, see, that's where you really have to surrender yourself to him. That the Lord, look, this is, this. I mess up. I'm, I'm no good. I'm a wretch. I am not worthy of your mercy and love for me. You know what God said? I still love you. I don't care what you going through, what you went through, Cleveland, or anybody. I love you. When he showed me that, that was it, it was so much real to me than anything. Then when I saw the God inside you, see, God had to open my eyes because my eyes was total darkness. Mm-hmm. And when you're in total darkness, man, you that's all you you're not gonna see God. But when He opened your eyes up and showed you that love. Like Christ love you. I I don't know what to say, but to say thank you, Lord, that you that I have a a wonderful wife. I, I realize how beautiful and wonderful you are. Because you surrendered your love to him. Mm-hmm. And you became this godly wife. You you not became, you become you was becoming. In other words, you was becoming this godly wife. You was walking and everything. And I, I was I said, I missed this. I, I really was beating myself up. I said, I'm I was like, I'm about to let this go. No, wait a minute. I'm not gonna I, I already remember you said to me one time, I cannot believe what I have put you through. I remember yeah. the day when you said that. You was just like, I can't believe I've been putting you through all this stuff. You are wonderful. Yes. And I have been putting you through all this stuff for what? You said, this doesn't even make any you sense did. anymore. <laughs> it doesn't. And I'm tell, I tell you about it. all the shows, everything I have done, I tell people all the time, man, I don't deserve her. But you know what? I, God said, yes, you do. Because she is your better half. I keep telling people that you're my better half for a reason. It's not because of... Because you are my wife, it's because you are the greatest thing ever that God's gift to me. You really are. I mean, people need to, I'm just saying this because that's the truth. People just need to realize that your spouse is could be that various person that gets you to Christ. And a lot of people need to really look at, you know, they thinking, what, what, what is it our marriage that we need to get there? God. I'm just saying because it was God saved me. His son saved me. He's my Lord. But you know what? Our family is way better than it was years ago. 
we've been married 23 years and people ask the question, how, you know, our family members, they look at us, like we went to that family reunion, people looking like weird at us because they don't know what we went through. Even yeah, though, people can't believe that we've been married as long as we have because they're like, you act like you just got married. I <laughs> know. Like, no, we've been married for a while. Look at look at this tall boy over here. <laughs> we have a twenty year old son. We've been yeah, no. Yeah, we have been married quite a while now. Yeah, but yeah, I I just wanted to tell that was that was something about her trust. I mean, the husband trusts her, and yeah, men. I'm I'm gonna tell you this, man. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this right now. You need to really look at your heart. Do you really trust your wife? And I'm saying that's because that was the pivotal point for me to really know, do I trust her? You got to trust God first before you trust her. Because God is the one that really brings that peace of mind. Because if she got God in her, you could trust God in her, not her per se. But if she allowed God to use her, yes, you could trust her because God is using her to bring his glory and his will into your life. I just want to say that because a lot of men will try and argue the point off. Well, I can't trust my wife. I love her, but I don't trust her. <laughs> and, and they really don't understand that don't trust the flesh the fleshy things about her. Trust the God inside her. Mm -hmm. If she's not saved, if you are, pray for her salvation. Lead her to the Lord for yourself. And, and, and if you, and I mean, I'm telling that from not only just men, but women as well. Lead your spouse to the Lord because God gave us a duty to do that for unsaved spouses. You can't make a person get saved, and you certainly can't nag them to death. To <laughs> exactly, but, but you can lead by example. Exactly, I, I want to say that because it's very important, and people need to really understand that God is the essence of everything. God brings the marriage together. Yeah. So let's go ahead. Spouse continue. needs to see God in you. Exactly. And the more of God they see in you, the more they'll open up to accepting Him too. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's do here. I love this part here about this here. He doesn't have to worry about what is going to happen to his resources. She has his best interest in mind. She shows her love and affection to him by her consistent stewardship and service on his behalf. And she is graciously submitted, submissive and advanced his perspective. Uh, his respect. I'm sorry. His yeah. respect. I said perspective. I read the wrong. Is is his respect? Right. And so, see, <clears throat> you know, as a wife, we need to think about the fact that, you know, are we really submitting to our husbands? And when we will get into that in another broadcast, you know, more about submission because <laughs> that is very problematic, even in the church, more so than ever. <laughs> In this right. day and age, women don't want to respect their husbands. Sometimes some women don't know what what it really looks like to submit. Right. Yeah. They don't even know that they're being disrespectful to their husband because it doesn't, in, in their mind, they're like, you know, yeah, I do respect him. But then they want respect too. And so they're trying to see it 
through their 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 uh the way women see things they don't they don't know what respect and submission looks like to the husband and so i'll be really almost i, I just can't wait to get into that podcast <laughs> we start to talk about what submission looks like to a husband right right you know, how a wife needs to show her respect and submission towards her husband because that right there is pivotal in him being able to his heart trusting her too right right and it's not because he wants to uh lower over her and have his thumb on her and things like that but there is a reason Mm -hmm. and see god he didn't ask he didn't ask the wives to do this for no good reason right there is a good reason behind this and so i'll be glad when we get into that but But, um, let me let me do this let me break this one caveat into this when we talk about submission, we talk about Christian, Christ, and godly submission. We're not talking about worldly because a lot of people, we want to break that into the terms because some people get so caught up in the submission part of it instead of knowing it's a difference. Godly submission is surrendering everything to God and to his order, in other words. And when you submit to his order, that or is lined up to his will. So I think that we need to, once we get to that broadcast, which I, I can't wait on myself. Oh, man. Ooh, and submission this. is not something that a husband forces his wife to do. That's that my point. That is not biblical at all. Right. No, a man is not supposed to force submission. That's right. Submission is something that a wife, a Christian wife chooses. Yeah. She's not forced. She chooses to do this. So, so ladies, Here's the that's that caviar right there. It's just like we choose from our own free will whether or not we're gonna get we want to come to Christ or not. Exactly. We're gonna choose whether or not we want to be saved. Absolutely. I, I thank you. So baby. if he's knocking on the door of your heart and you choose to ignore it, you've made a choice from your own free will. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you say, you know, yes, Lord, I, I surrender. I, you know, I want to be forgiven of all of my sins. Mm-hmm. I believe that you know Jesus. He he died, you know, and you just go down all of that and you surrender yourself. Right. It's, it's your own choosing. Amen. And so submission is a choice. It's not something that someone makes you do. Amen. Oh, if anybody awesome. is saying that that is the way it's supposed to look, then that's not, I don't even know where that's at in the Bible. I, yeah. I have not seen it I and have. I've been looking and looking and looking. <laughs> I mean, because when I study, I don't just read scripture. I study. I pull out all of my study tools, my concordances and commentaries and everything. Yeah. And I really dig deep in this thing. And I yeah. have not seen where submission is something to be forced. Amen. My wife got arsenal that is impeccable when it comes to to read and study the word. Oh my God, I have to you know when she get when she get into the word, she studies, she study. I do too. But her arsenal is so was our arsenal is so large that when we get into the when we find things biblically and when we need to read and go not go with the world's way but God's way. We have to get it. God's way is always final authority. And that's one of the biggest things that is lacking now in the body of Christ in churches today is that a lot of people don't submit to God's authority anymore. They want to do their own and they want to go the way with denominational to religion, if you want to say it, to put it into a perspective that's not godly. So we want to put that caveat in because once we get into that broadcast, we want people to understand how that looks like in God's way and not the world's way. So, but let's continue on, boo. 
Yeah. So now we're saying, um, we're looking at verses 13 through 20, and there's some things here, you know, that it really stands out about this wife being a hard worker. She's not lazy. Um, she, you know, here's things like she works willingly with her hands. Mm -hmm. She brings her food in from afar. So, mm -hmm. I mean, and she provides for food for her household. I mean, look at that. I mean, when you look at things like that, that is not a woman that's just sitting around on her butt. Right. Doing nothing. And I know that's another thing, too, that, you know, you tell people that you are, are a keeper of the home or stay-at-home wife and mom. Mm-hmm they get this picture in their mind that you don't do anything all day. And I'm just like, seriously, <laughs> you don't have anything to do all day long. You have a family to take care of. You have a household to take care of. How in the world you don't have anything to do? Yeah, that's all. There's a house to be, to keep clean. People got to eat. Yeah. And I don't know about everybody else, but y'all want to eat all day long. <laughs> you want breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a couple snacks in between. So there's always yeah. something to do. And yeah. then, you know, if I'm even if I'm not preparing meals for y'all, especially if you're if you're away from the house working and things like that, you know, I still have things I have to do when you're gone. Yeah. I may have to um you know, prepare, you know, like I do some freezer cooking, you know, I prepare food ahead of time, doing a lot of meal prep and things like that. So I could stock the freezer full of things that we need for later on right. so that, you know, some of my time, you know, is free for other things. So there's freezer cooking going on. Um, I'm, I do a lot of traditional cooking. I don't, I like, I cook a lot of things from scratch. You, do. you know, men like things cooked from scratch. Yeah. That's why they want to go to these, you know, restaurants and stuff like steakhouses and things like that. You know, not McDonald's all the time because they actually cook the food. Yeah. Well, they miss, they miss having their wives at home cooking food. And I hear a lot of women say, I don't like to do that. Learn. <laughs> That's why YouTube Your husband there. and your kids will thank you for it. Anybody can learn this day and age. I yeah. mean, we have all kinds of cooking programs and stuff. And YouTube. Yeah. So yeah. it's just no excuse. <laughs> it's more of a I don't want to do it type of thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so funny. Um, I, I talked to a lot of husbands, and they all said that, you know, I know one particular one who's a young guy, and he told me something that was really, really wow moment he said his wife you know they recently got married and he was trying to get her to <laughs> cook and he's like beg he begged i can you the one thing he we, we i heard the thing begging i was like you serious yeah he was begging for his wife to really cook a gourmet meal come to find out that she did not learn how to cook well, for one thing, he didn't find that out before he married her. No, <laughs> he did not. He did not put that qualifier or or let's say a list that he had. So that it, wasn't. It didn't come up in the conversation no, when was, they were dating. No, because remember, she is a, a, a. They met at work, and that was one thing. And the second of all was that. Well, how long did they date? I mean, they didn't they, have enough time for this to come up in the conversation. Yeah, that's that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Is they said they dated for two years and that was and it never came, came up out of the conversation. conversation. Wow. Yeah, never did. They always going out to eat for some apparent reason. They never come up and said, "Do you cook?" No, none of that. I, don't know, I would ask that question. If we, we was day, I did ask that. You know, you said you you cook a little bit at home, but now I know you could cook. Lord, you could cook, Lord. That's why I got. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. My wife could cook, Lord. 
I am I'm I am very humble and very 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 fortunate man husband love my wife's cooking. Anyway, back well, to I the... I think that a lot of people are too focused on the wrong things when they're dating. Yeah. And they don't ask important questions. Yeah, they don't. And you know what I mean by too... By, you know, <laughs> Those questions, they're, yeah. they're, they're into the wrong thing. Yeah, Some people yeah. are so focused on the wrong things about dating. Right. And they don't ask serious questions. Yeah. yeah. You know, some people just rush through the relationship and rush yeah. right into marriage. And they haven't asked in anything you know, you know things you need to know like does a person want to have children or yeah i mean nowadays <laughs> you have to pray for someone who wants children nowadays literally. you know if you're a man you know if you want a wife that stays at home that's something that you would want to ask a potential person mm-hmm. you know what do you think about you know staying at home you know yeah. when you have children and things like that yeah. That's something that you're going to want to know because you don't want to be fighting about it later on. Yeah. That's something that we She t- may be a strong-willed woman that's not willing to submit. That's something that you want to know too. Yeah. You know, how does she see see her role yeah. as a wife? And that's one of the things that we're teaching our son, especially me as as a as father, is to teach him that role because I'm discipling him to understand what it looks like to really, you know, be a husband. You see, a lot of times, and this is something that is not going on in churches today, is that wise, like I said, older wise, and you said it so many times, even from the last week broadcast and now, that in churches now, they're not teaching, the older women not teaching young women how to be wives. Because the older women are preoccupied. Oh. <laughs> they are preoccupied doing everything but that. Same thing with men. They say the same way. They preoccupied on their self. Yeah. And when you preoccupy on self, what are you going to do? You're not going to think about nobody else but yourself. And you know something I, I keep constantly hearing that's just becoming more and more common for people is growing up in households where the mom and the mom and the dad, they're constantly pushing for, you know, careers and stuff. Yeah. And they are, they don't even teach them the roles. And not, right. Of, of a husband and a wife. They don't. While they put, they they're so worried about their kids getting through school and getting out and going and uh, to college and getting a career, but they don't even prepare them mm-hmm. for how to live in a marriage. True, and, you know, look at and, this. and they're not going to just learn just by looking at you because they may learn a lot of wrong things or they may get Thank have you. a lot of mixed information because they're looking at you and then they seeing what's going on in the world and you those things have to be talked about and so a lot of. You know, like you were saying that he didn't know that his wife couldn't cook. Mm-hmm. And that's sad because where was her mom at? Was yeah. her mom a working mom? And she didn't, yeah. she felt like she didn't have time to teach her. I mean, what was going on? That was the thing was because he did explain that his, uh, her mother never was there. She was working all the time because the father got ill. And um, she was trying to provide and to um, take care of him at the same time. Um, but see, when her father passed away, when her father died, you know, she still continued to work, her mother. And when she continued to work everything else, you know, during those years growing up from, because her, her father died at 12, when she was 12, from 12 years old to 18, you know, they married, they 23, 24 years old, they 25, I think. I'm not sure the age, but it was in, in the late late 20s going to their 30s. All that time, you know, was that mother was there. Because when her father died, 
you know, everything else. Her mother was taking care of, trying to take care of home, everything else. And so her mom did not take care of their home? Like she didn't cook meals and stuff? Barely. Barely. See, see, they go out to eat. We'll see. And, 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 and when you go out to eat, um, because she's a nurse, she's a nurse assistant, now she's an RN. The mother is an RN. But now she got health problems now because she worked That's all the sad. time. That's sad. But the thing is that his his newly his newly wedded wife don't know how to cook, and she's embarrassed about it. She's embarrassed that she don't know how to cook. But he told he gave her grace. He said, "Let's learn together." That's a good thing. Let's learn together, baby. Let's learn together. It's better to do to to go about it that way than have a high expectation of her. Right. You know, because that she'll continuously feel like a failure. Right. I think that that's where a lot of people in churches fell at right there. What you just said, the expectations. Was she was is this person um, saved? Yeah, they saved. Did they, she grow up in church? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so if her mom was working all the time. She wasn't around any other women in her life. That's all. That's she didn't a have a grandmother or or some other older women that could I have asked that question. Mentored her or taught her. I asked her that question about the grandmother. The grandmothers lived by lived so far away. Oh, okay, okay. But the still the church they was part of the church. Wow. And the women of the church did not come in and help the single mother or the well, widow. It's really not. Well, well, I mean, she was a widow. Yeah. Her but I mean, died. but you said that she worked before then. Yeah, she was working so, to take so care of. So if if she was working before then, the church really can't just like just come in no, and I, do her job for her. No, no. She still, as a mother, was responsible, and I think a lot of times, um, you know, we kind of ride on excuses for things. Right. You see, yeah, and I, understand, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying that her mother shouldn't have never worked or whatever. Right. Because then I would be putting my personal opinion on her. But, I mean, come on. Just because our situation is not idea. Right. We still have to keep things into proper perspective. Yeah. You don't want your daughter growing up not knowing how to do certain things. She's going to need to. Yeah. Because there is going to be a life that she has to live as an adult. Right. And so you're sending her into the world ill-prepared. Ill Right. And who is no one else's responsibility but yours. That's why God gave children parents. Yeah. Right. You don't have to be in an ideal situation to do your part. Right. Yeah. With the true. help of God and his grace. And you pray. I mean, you, yes, God can show. If he showed people in the Bible ways to do things, he can show us ways too. Yeah. We just don't think. No, we don't think. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, we live in a society where we become so dependent. Right. But we're not dependent on the right thing. We're not dependent on God. Yeah, we don't. And that's really sad because... So it's sad that she ended up in a situation like that. And it's, it's, it's becoming more and more common. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is that it's, the, it's, it's starting to become the common denominator now that a lot of women... One of the things that even our son has been talking about is that will she be the right fit for me? Because he's got a list. He said, I'm on a wife to be able to stay at home, to be able to take care of my, my children, to be able to, to cook and clean and be the keeper of the home, and also to be able and to A do lot of that. women will hear something like that and they will get upset. 
Right. You know, and say all kinds of bad things about him. You know, oh, he just want to keep a woman at home barefoot and pregnant. I mean, the, the <laughs> things that people say, it's ridiculous. They are so outside of the will of God, they don't even realize it. We were just talking about traditional roles here. Right. Traditional roles the way God designed them to be. And people in the church want to be so far away from that because they keep looking at society and they want to be like that. And so a lot of women have not realized themselves, and men too, mm-hmm. but yep. you know, I'm talking to the women here because I don't teach men. Right. But um, they are not content. Right. Right. To live God, to live their life the way God has prescribed in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so they tend to want stuff. Yeah. And they're not satisfied. Yeah, you're right. And they don't even know why they want all this stuff. That's true. You know, we want to look like the Joneses. We want to have all the... We want stuff that that we feel like is going to make us feel happy. Mm-hmm. But we're not even happy with the life that God has um, set out for us to live. Right. Right. Because we don't want no persecutions and tribulations and trials and all of that. We don't want none of that. Right. Yeah. And we don't trust God. Let's go back How to How many times point. have we had right. people tell us, you can't make it on one income? And yet here we are. I have not worked since our son was born. He's 20 years old. And we have gone through our fair share of struggles. But God has provided. He has provided. And I homeschooled him from second grade all the way through high school. Mm -hmm. And it was a prayer every single year because... You know, we had we we had to have money to buy certain things, you know, for his schooling. I mean, it's it's nowhere, you know, near as costly as it would be to send a, a child to a private school or something like that. It's a very it's very it's, heck homeschooling is much cheaper than public school these days with all the fees and things that they have for a free <laughs> public education. <laughs> yeah, homeschooling was much cheaper for us to even you know than that because we didn't have to worry about lunches and special uniforms and clothing and and just different things um fees for this thing and fees for that and we didn't have to worry about all of that i mean he we paid a yearly tuition for them to for you know a homeschooling company to keep his uh, school records and everything it was a umbrella school mm-hmm. and everything but for the most part everything else is whatever we decided that he needed for certain things and we just kept trusting god along the way sometimes somebody would bless us with things and you know, I would uh, sell things that I already had at a discount and be able to buy more thing, more things that we needed. You know, as he you know got up in the uh, in the grades and things like that. You know, right. I would buy things uh, for a discounted rate. Um, I did uh, homeschool uh, reviews and stuff. I wrote, I wrote, um, I have a blog uh, specifically for our homeschooling journey, and right. I, I wrote reviews and stuff and got all kinds of free products to use to teach him with and i mean it was just god just blessed us he opened up doors for us and it's like every year we didn't know if we would make it but we did every time yeah there were times when you were unemployed and we and i did not go to work i know and we still made it because god made a way and so people people in the body of christ they don't want to, to have faith like that, you know? They don't want to struggle because they feel embarrassed. They don't want people looking down at them. And that's a shame. The body of Christ should not look at people that way. No. I, I totally... This is... It, and you know what's so sad. And I'm teaching everybody. I don't care as a man or a woman, but I'm about to say this. <laughs> but to really be honest, my wife is totally, totally right with this. I believe... Uh, and she's right to the to the point of of truth here. 
women don't feel like you've been ostracized because of the world's way. Why? Look at that. Look at that this way here. Let me tell you why I say that. Because the world don't know what God could do. Mm-hmm. God knows better than anything. Mm-hmm. If you trust in God and allow your husband to follow God, he will guide your husband's path for your family. Even if he's not following God, still respect him. Respect right. his position as the head of the household, whether he's saved or not. And be his helpmeet. That's right. Be by his side, support and encourage him. Exactly. To the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, you, because the ooh. last thing a man, when a man is down like that, when he's out of work and mm-hmm. things are just not, not going the way he wants them to, he needs his wife's support and love more than ever. Right. That is not the time for her to be talking down at him and getting all discontent and fussing and complaining about this, that, and these and those. I right. mean, God, if she would, you know, looking at this proverb, this one, this um, description in Proverbs 31, this wife, when you read down through this list, you know, she was not afraid. Right. She was not a woman who was afraid. Right. You know, and she she used her creative abilities to do things. Yeah. And, you know, gosh, he, he would show me how to stretch meals mm-hmm. and, 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 and how to... You know how to you know show. I learned a lot about budgeting and staying within a budget right. during those times. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there is a lot that you can do to live on one income. Yeah, and you just don't have to have all the latest greatest things. Amen. So that you can get around your friends and flodge or whatever you're gonna do. Yeah, you don't need to do all of that. Yeah. See, we had we had to define who we are as a family. We're not gonna be like everybody else. Thank you. We're gonna be the roads. Yeah. That's right. This is our family. Right. If, if other people can't understand what we're doing, they don't like it, then that, that's them. They can keep their opinions to themselves because they don't go home with us. Amen. We don't care what they think <laughs> and how we live. This is our life. This is our family. If we are happy and at peace with one another, then then then, then so be it. Amen. Amen. If, I, if, if I, we have to buy cheaper clothes and phones or whatever, then that's what we do. Amen. As long as we got a phone to talk on. As long yeah. as we got food to eat and clothes to wear, things like that. Yeah. And transportation to give with need yeah, to go. Yeah. We didn't have to have the best of the best stuff. Right. And that's where people, and this, I'm talking to men here because men very put those, those expectations to their wives and it's unfair for the wives. But I'm going to say this to men. You don't need to do that to your wife. You know how much you make. You don't need to get along. You don't need to put your family in debt. You don't need to put your family through obstacles and trials and stuff like that for no unnecessary reason. Yeah. If it's something to glorify God, that's different. But if it's, if it's glorify God, God make that God will provide. But for you to do something and try to make yourself think it's from God, that's a lie. You need to realize that God is the only one that can do all these things through you. So for you to go out there trying to do something and it's not in his will, you're going against his will. And you're putting all that pressure on your wife she don't deserve. And men, you need to look at that. Look at your heart in this whole matter. Because I know for me, through those years, I was putting my wife to so much hell that she don't deserve. And I'm going to tell you why I said that. Because I did not have God working in me. Yeah, a lot of fear was was going on too, mm-hmm. and it would not have helped you if I constantly was, you know, acting in my fear. I mean, right. I, I did do it, 
you know, earlier on when I didn't understand and know any better. But then once I started to learn that that was not helpful to you, Absolutely. because if I if I'm sitting there acting in fear, it's just going to make you react more and more and more. And you kept making a lot of unwise decisions because of the fear Absolutely. that was there. And so I had to learn how that's that's one of the reasons why I come. I started to really uh, get, you know, start looking at. Uh, more into you know cooking from scratch because mm-hmm. it was much cheaper for me to make things myself from scratch than it was for me to go buy unhealthy processed foods. Mm-hmm. You know because you know you can keep buying con- things of convenience. You know the the processed foods, the frozen foods, and things like that, but. You're going to pay for it in doctor bills. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we could not afford doctor bills because we didn't even have insurance. Mm-hmm. So I had to do the best I could, you know, by eliminating certain, you know, you know, using the money for wiser uh, food choices and stuff. Right. And so when I learned that I could, you know, you know, just instead of buying pre pre um prepackaged meals and things i just started making things like i don't buy cans of chili i make chili right. and when i make chili the chili stretches longer than a can can yeah and you know i don't buy can, i don't buy canned <laughs> soup i make soup right you do because it makes more oh and it's delicious man you know and so now i'm starting to get it more into uh, uh making bread and stuff because i mean Y'all like to eat sandwiches and stuff a lot, and, you know, you're bread people. I'm not so much of a bread person, but so I need to make bread because bread, it costs a lot. And, you know, a lot of the breads and things out there anyway has unhealthy ingredients in there. You know, right. so, I mean, and, and that was another thing is that I'm looking more at our health. Yeah. And wanting to put healthier things in our body. Amen. And so, yeah, the healthier stuff, it seems like it costs more, but... To me, it was lasting longer because we wasn't using so much of it. And the healthier choices was keeping us full right. longer as well. Like I know, for uh, instance, a couple of years ago, you guys decided that you didn't want to eat cereal anymore, which I don't, I'm not a cereal eater. But right. you guys, you know, you'll go through boxes and boxes of cereal like, man. <laughs> and those, those, those boxes, the, the, the cost of a box of cereal, it adds up. Yeah. I mean, because you guys could easily <laughs> go through... Two boxes, of, two boxes of cereal almost in one week. Yeah. And so if we're doing that every week and you're doing that five days out of a week, that's a lot of cereal. And so now we have moved to where I'm actually cooking hot meals, whether it be a bowl of oatmeal mm-hmm. with some toast or a muffin. Right. You know, I can make the muffins ahead of time and then you guys can just have muffins, you know, available to you to eat with that that oatmeal. Yeah. You know, and then it doesn't it doesn't take long to cook to cook oatmeal. And I'm not talking about prepackaged box oatmeal. I'm talking <laughs> about oatmeal that you actually have to scoop it out and you gotta cook it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't yeah. take long to cook that. And I mean it's and it's delicious, you know, and you can even add stuff to it. Oh you my can god. Add bananas to it. You can do a peanut butter and jelly type of thing. Yeah. With some with a little uh, dollop of peanut butter and some uh, strawberry jelly, you mix it in there. It tastes really really good. You can yeah. do ap- you can do um, diced apples yeah. with some cinnamon. Oh. You can um, put um, some bananas in there with some chocolate chips. I mean, <laughs> some nuts on top of there. You know you're making me hungry now. <laughs> you know you're making me hungry. That's yeah, good. so we moved to to um, doing oatmeal. Sometimes I'll uh, scramble some eggs. Right. 
um, and have, um, you know, I'll have some waffles that I probably made up a big old batch of waffles and I froze them and then we'll take those waffles out and we'll do waffle sandwiches with some scrambled eggs and put a uh, slice of cheese on there and some some uh, deli ham or something like that. Oh, ladies and, and gentlemen. Instead of putting, <laughs> instead of using the, uh, the pancake syrup on there, yeah. we'll just spread on some uh, fruit preserves or something like that or some or some type of jam. Right. And you love those. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you tell me, our home is very, very, very worth it because yeah. I'm telling you, I don't miss a meal. I mean, if you if you see me from the t- if you see me in TV or whatever, which I hope you won't. <laughs> I'm just digress. But yeah, I am a big guy, and literally, my wife do feed me very good. So I just I commend her for it, and I don't hesitate because man, she when she feed me, she feeds me, <laughs> and I'm just like thank you, Lord. But that's really the purpose of right here for 13 to 20 about this wife is her behavior how she is demonstrating her what her gifts are to take care of the home she's her she works she's not lazy she's willing to do things for her house yes she has some make sense we talk about queen here for cry out loud and but but she profit knows that her prophecy plant the vineyard and all the other things that goes along with it some women i heard this when they talk about verse 16 here, she consider a field and buy it from her prophet. She plants a vineyard. They said she start her own business. Some of it is, it is, but it's mainly for the family. It's a family business, if you want to really put it into this way. Because she's, she's doing things for her family. She's not doing it for her, her gain. She's doing this for her family. And I love the part here that she perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. This woman is like a mama bear, and she is she she she's like she really looks at the best interest of her family, her husband, everything that's in her household. If you notice that her household, that's yeah, her, what she her whole focus is on her house. Right. She does not miss a beat knowing what's going on in her house, and a lot of women can't say that these days. They know what's going on in their house a lot of people don't know what's going on with their kids because they are so busy and wrapped up in other things that they have to do yeah i noticed that and that is so sometimes sad. you have to make hard choices in life oh god and that's really sad because um i noticed that a lot of women especially women i know that i work with and around that a lot of them don't know what's going on with their own kids and come to find their kids be doing all kinds mm-hmm. of mischievous stuff to even doing something that will embarrass the family. Mm-hmm. And you look at that and you like, man, if they, you know, a lot of women don't even consider the fact if I were at home, I would not go through all of that. Yeah, I know that, um, you know, when we were home, still homeschooling our son, you know, a lot of mothers would get together and talk about the fact how people, <clears throat> you know, of course, a lot of people, they look down on that choice of, of staying at home and homeschooling, they give you all kind of reasons why they wouldn't do it or couldn't do it and things like that. But the thing about it is, is that one thing I, I would not, you know, change or take away from the fact is that I always knew what was going on with our son. Amen. Yes. I was always there through everything. And even, you know, a lot of mothers would say that, you know, we, we get to be there to guard what goes into our kids eyes and ears and things like that you know we know you know who their friends are right 
it's, 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 it's no mystery to who their friends are. Yeah. Because you're with these kids 24-7. <laughs> so you know yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. I, I'm, that's why I'm so fortunate. And you can, and, and, and you, um, can see uh, disciplinary problems in them, and you are able to, you know, st- stop your schooling and, and take care of that, you know, because we're going to get the Bible out, and we're, we're going to deal with this right here. Yeah. We're going to see what the Bible says about this problem <laughs> that you're having, because God says something about that. Yeah. Well, you can't do that when you're sending your kids away to school. Right. You so can. You so can. Especially this day. I mean, I don't regret having homeschooled our son because I was able, we were, we were able to have the Bible in our schooling. Yes. And this was every single day. Yeah. And even in all of the subjects that we um, covered, science, health, all kinds of, you know, history, everything, we were able to even talk about biblical things even in that. Right. We sure did. You know, he yeah. knew he knew all about the stuff that they 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 learn at school, even about even science with the evolution all that. He knew that we taught we we told him about what they learned, and he even you know searched it up and looked at it himself. And he remembered some things that he had learned even when he used to go to school. Mm-hmm. But he was able to also see the truth from God's word. Yeah. And so when he looked at them side by side, yeah, that. he had a choice to make. You gonna trust what God says and how He sees it, or are you gonna trust what man says? Yeah. So we didn't sh- we didn't hide him from what everybody else. I mean, he was gonna be exposed to it some one way or another just by hearing somebody talk about it, or when he's interacting with people outside of the home and just different things like that. He wasn't so shielded from the. I mean, it's hard for you to shield your child from every little thing because they're not always in the house. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you know what I mean? And then you. you got television, the internet and everything else. So they're going to come across stuff. So how we handle it was we talked about it. Right. We talked about, okay, yeah, that's what they say, but this is the truth right here. Amen. And they had yes. curriculum and things like that to, to help address that as well. Mm-hmm. So I was really, really thankful for that. And so, you know, having the Bible and, you know, in our schooling and being able to, um, you know, when he had, when we were, he was having a bad day or something like that, or, you know, his attitude wasn't right, we stopped and we took care of that. That's right. Yeah. I, he, he, and even he, he was joking about it not too long ago, you know, yeah, mom, she would pull the Bible out. She said, what does God say about this? And he's going to remember that the rest of his life. Yeah. He said, man, when mom started talking, oh my goodness, you, <laughs> we got to stop and listen. <laughs> and she going to talk about what God said about this. Yeah. But you know, I'm glad that we brought God in it because see, I'm going to tell you something. Um, and I'm not trying to um, make it seem so bad that if you are have your kids in school, it's a bad thing. No, we're not saying that. It's just, this has happened to our family. But to, to really say this, that I'm glad that we did pull our son away from public school because even though you know, he, he's, he is autistic and everything else, but the way they treat the kids, they are autistic. The way they are doing kids even now. They make I just like I I'm so glad that God put in your in our hearts to take our son away from that. Yeah, because oh. he, he would if I I feel like personally for him he would have had a different worldview had we not made that choice. Amen. I'm so glad that God prompted you even though you were unsaved at the time he prompted right. you to to have to tell me yes you we need to pull him out and homeschool him. 
because I was just kind of toying around with the idea of learning about it. And you were like, yeah, let's go for it. And I'm looking at you like, oh, I'm just learning though. <laughs> but you was like, no, let's do this. And so I'm glad that God did put that in your heart, you know, because I mean, we have not regretted it, not one bit, because right. I really feel like if he had stayed in school, he would come out with a really messed up worldview. Yeah. The worldview will be jack up. You know, people believe that sending their, you know, the Christian children need to go to school, you know, to be the light to other children. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't understand how people can come away thinking that because, you know, you have impressionable minds there. You do. And kids are not, they're not spiritually mature. No. Especially I'm... the young ones, they are not mature enough to be the light. We will yeah, be they, mature. They may be able. I mean, they may be able to say a few scriptures, and they may be able to say who Jesus is and things like that. But I mean, I'm talking about when you got adults out here going to church, and they have a hard time, mm-hmm. you know, um, winning people to the Lord. Right. They have. A, they struggle even in their own walk with God of how to live out a, a biblical life. Mm-hmm. If they, being adults, have are struggling, right. what makes us think that our children will be, doing will be able to be more successful than us? Now, the only people that really could be more successful at um, going out there on the mission field and being the light would be your Christian, your teachers who are Christian, because they're adults, they're mature. Right. They don't have to have someone, they, you know, they don't have to um, worry about someone coming in and feeding them information and stuff. You know, they, they, they're, they're adults. Yeah, they're they can choose what to, to believe and what not to believe. Yeah. And so they can't be easily manipulated in a way that a child could be. Now, parents send their kids to school telling them, you better obey your teachers and do what they say. Well, we know we have. There are a lot of ungodly people in the school system, yeah. and you got people with alternative lifestyles and all kinds of things. You may your child it could be in kindergarten and they start the year out. The teacher's a man, and then uh, about a semester later, the teacher come in a woman, and then your child has to address this teacher. That's what's going on now. You know who used to be Mister So and So now it's Mrs. So and So. I mean, why do you want your child? Let's go through all that. That you raising up for Christ to go through something like that. And you expect for them to be the light. You expect for them to be on the mission field. They are not allowed to say anything. You are sending them to a place they are not allowed to say anything. They will get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. The world is brutal now. <laughs> they, were, they are bad. So, so I mean, that's why we took that serious that, you know... It was better for our son to to be pulled out so that we can so that you know we can teach him and he can get stronger in the Lord. He can have a have a safe place to grow so that when he does get older, mm-hmm. Amen. Then he will be he will be ready. Yeah. Little children are not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, what you see when you see kids who go to church and they go to school. They end up being more like them because of peer pressure and everything else. Yeah. They want to impress their friends. They don't they don't want to witness to them. <laughs> no, no. How many kids do you know witness to, to their friends? Not once. Even when we were It's just um, not the norm. It's, it's not right. the it's it, it, 
people want to make it like it's the norm. Well, I pray for my kids and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, that's great if you and your husband pray for your children. Right. But is your is your child really witnessing to their friends every day? <laughs> and how much have they picked up from their friends? How much are they seeing? Yeah. You know, kids, they got phones and iPads and all that stuff now they carry with them. How do you know what your kids are exposed to? Yep. And my my point exactly, and it's really sad. Though, or can yeah. or, or can your child tell the teacher that it's wrong for them to do certain things? It's wrong for them to believe a certain way. You got your to, child can't tell them that. It, yeah. You know, with them they refusing to acknowledge a a a uh, man teacher who who decides that he thinks he's a female. They're them deciding that uh, you know no I'm not. I can't, you are, you're a male, I can't, I can't acknowledge you as a woman. They will get in trouble. That's what, that's what, that's exactly what's going on now. <laughs> you got, you got kids get suspended. Exactly. Doing that. Yeah, and, and, and you got, and parents talk about they're going to be the soft. How are you going to be the soft liar if you can't get adults? You can't even get adults saved. The child can't get that child, that adult saved. The adult, like, I'm an adult. This is a child. Yeah. They, 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 I don't care if they are in that element or whatever. They're going to look at themselves as an adult more than a child. And then to look at the stuff that they're getting taught in their curriculum that they should not be even getting being taught in school. I mean, kid, they keep on talking about kid. the kids are so behind in this, that, and whatever. Mm -hmm. But you're teaching things in school that don't need to be taught. Yeah. Why you can't just get back to the reading, writing, and arithmetic? Why you got to have all this other social stuff in there? Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know the and the thing about it nowadays they try to change history. Instead of actually tell the truth about history about things that God was involved in, they of course you know schools don't have God in it. They want to change it to make it be more on social justice stuff. Right. And now and, and kids they they still are growing and learning and maturing. They're not ready to be on the mission field at school. <laughs> They're just not. So that's why it's so it's so important to really have someone at home for the for for the sanctity of your children. Me as a husband, you know it's so powerful with this. And I, I'm gonna just say this and I'm saying to anyone who's listening. My my thing is I didn't have to worry about what's going on at home when my son because I trust you with him. I don't trust the world with him. Right. And see that's I don't know how men could take uh, take upon themselves that trust a teacher because she's certified, whatever. That's a that right there doesn't doesn't flow with me. That's me. You if you want to do that, pray about it. But me personally I pray and God holds me responsible as the head of this home of how he grows up. Yeah, and there's and there's more to a child than just their education. Thank you. There's a whole child we have to think about here. Exactly. And so that's the problem here we have in society. We so extending it with education instead of the whole being of the person. Mm -hmm. See, in the body of Christ, we don't teach that. We need the biblical you talking about you want the you want the preacher to to to, to preach at your kids. Key word I said at preach at them but you're not wait a minute that's just one sunday that's one day out of the week you got six to seven days six days out of the week you have to be accounted five days of going to school that doesn't talk about god and one day that you guys don't even why well, y'all don't talk about god 
So you got six days not to talk about God until Sunday. And you do this every, that's 52 times in a year. So they're spending more time learning the things at school because they're spending more, most of their time at school than they are at church. Right. And then, you know, the parents are not talking to the children day and night about God because they're too busy working. Right. So no one is actually there for that to constantly be in their ear. Exactly. And then another thing is that, um, I mean, you know, I know the church is trying to accommodate for having like, you know, no, all types of ministries for the children and stuff like that. But you can't use the church as a babysitter because you still, after they leave church, you as the parent are still responsible. Thank you. For training that child up in the Lord. The church is not responsible for your children. Yeah. They have things to help, but but it's not their responsibility. Thank you. For your children to know God. Thank you. It's your responsibility as a parent Mm -hmm. and more Christian parents need to take that serious and stop handing their kids over to someone else, including in the church. Right. You need to know the word for yourself and be able to teach your children. Thank you. You're absolutely Because right. they're seeing you all the time and stuff when they're at home. They need to see the word lived out. Yeah. They do. They need to see it because that's part of them. Gonna They're going to learn about God through watching you. Yeah. So they need to see you living it. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you need to talk about it. Yes. And you need to live it and talk about it and sit down and read with them. They, they need to see you reading the Bible and studying. You need to have some study time with them. I mean, mm-hmm. it, needs to, it, it needs to become a family effort. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to stop because you've learned from public school to make someone else be responsible. Mm-hmm. And see, you know, and that's another good thing about you know, us having homeschooled our son is that he learned to be an independent learner along the way. Amen. Because, I mean, I mean, not that we wasn't there for him, but, I mean, we, we had to get him to a point to where he had to be responsible f- for learning because we said, you know, when you grow up in life, you know, you can't just depend on people to just feed you information. You need to want to know for yourself Thank because you. you're going to have to continue to, uh, you know, you're going to be growing and learning in your life, especially spiritually. You know, Amen. people, they don't they don't read their Bibles and stuff and want to continue Thank to, you. to learn and grow in God. And so part of you getting an education is not just to go out there and go to college and, and uh, get a good job and stuff, but your education will help you to be able to read and study the Word. That's the whole purpose of it. And, I, and a lot of adults don't read and study their word. Yeah. Because see, what and they it's do. no wonder why they don't know how to live for God. <laughs> exactly. Because see, they depend. It's, it's, it's so sad that the school system, school systems now, especially now, now especially, is so much to depend, depend on them to tell you how to live. Well, see, that was not going to set for us for him to depend on somebody. Right. No, of because course how, not. Because how is that going to serve him in life? Right. He will eventually get to a point where he will just stop. He will stop wanting to know. He will stop wanting to learn and grow. Right. Well, that's not good, especially if you are a child of God. Learning is a lifelong thing. It's not something you just do when you're going to school. Exactly. And that's what we wanted to instill in him. Yeah. And that's one thing I'm glad you did is that... Um, man, he can't live like that. And I'm glad that we make that choice because 
when you ask me how how do you want him to grow up and i'm glad you brought that to my attention that segue to what we're going to be talking about in a few minutes here about no when you ask me how you want him to grow up and one thing i believe in so hard so hardcore is this I would want him to be able to not only for the thing for self, but trust God. Because we did not live like that. We wasn't raised that way. Right. You see, we was not raised the way at all. And thanks be to God that God taught us how to trust him. Mm-hmm. And now when we when our son even growing up to become you no know, man, even now. Um, trusting God is essential. And I'm glad that we make that choice to trust God and to allow us to show him how to trust God. Because that's one of the huge things that um, to have an excellent wife on your side is to learn how to trust her, the, the God in her. And it's, it's really kind of funny because I'm reading here verse 21 to 24. And it says here, I'm going to read this here, is that she is not afraid of snow for her household. For all her household is clothed with scarlet. With, uh, scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants there's another one of those scriptures where you know the whole thing about women going out and you know working and and having a career things like that that's another scripture in proverbs 31 that they pick up on too that she makes linen garments and sells them Mm -hmm. but still this even if you look at the the cultural background of these scriptures and stuff this woman was a queen. Remember we said that? Right, absolutely. She did not leave her house for hours and hours every single day mm-hmm. to go out there and make a name for herself. Right. And have a successful career, business, and things like that. Or ministry. Right. She did not do that. Right, right. But it's not what's going on here. Right. And so that's why I'm, I'm saying, you know, why are people making, they're, they're making a whole... Um, Doctrine, they're building doctrines around this. Does it make any sense? They're not reading the scripture correctly and, and understanding the background here. No. The, 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 the context of this whole thing. Yeah. I'm, because I, the queen doesn't have to work. She doesn't. Right. She doesn't because she's, she's a queen over the land, over people. She got merchants. She has servants. She got bond service. If you read all this about her, she have all these these people underneath her so she wasn't lacking money that she had to go out and do this thank you and then why did they talk she about probably was helping her husband with you know by doing these things right but it wasn't it wasn't like like the way the culture says now that women got to get out and do all these things and that's why it doesn't make any sense for people in the church to be taking up that kind of mindset yeah it doesn't make sense and then they have they become unsupportive of the idea of women being at home i mean when to make that choice mm-hmm. to want to be at home and, and your husband, you and your husband together have made this choice and you're at peace with it. To have other people to come around and look down on it, that's sad. It should not be going on in the body of Christ right. because it's not wrong. It's nothing wrong at all. 
And, and society may tell you that you have to do something, but since when do we let society tell us what to do? Thank you. Thank you. We don't live our lives according to what society wants. Right. Right. We are people of faith. Yeah. Exactly. Society can be scared all they want to. Yeah. But it doesn't mean we have to be afraid. Exactly. And it doesn't I mean I'm not saying that, you know, worry doesn't creep upon us and we have some, you know, fear and things like that that may creep upon us. Right. But it's still it, you know, we still have to be reminded, trust God. Thank you. Trust, trust God. God. You are not you are not in the world to be like them. Thank you. You said it so perfectly, Jane. I, I can't even wow. You are not here to be like them. Exactly. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I see so many people get bent out of shape and trying to fit in with society that are from the body of Christ every day. But that's not biblical. I know. But it's funny. They claim to be a God boo. They claim. And you sit there and look at them and say, if you only knew that your witness is so weak. Yeah. Weak witness. Yeah. <laughs> it is very, very weak. Yeah. Because the world doesn't see something different. Right. And you know, the world is hungry for that. Yeah. I see that all the time. The world is hungry for someone to be different from them. And, and they, they're aching for it. You know that people who moan and groan and get upset with Christians not acting their own part? They get mad. They say, you hypocrites. And you right, they right. They got the right yeah, to say that. They're constantly just laughing and talking about Christians and stuff. I mean, they just just pretty just mocking God and and people in the body of Christ. They don't even think about that. No, you know, we're so busy trying to have what the world has and be like them. That's not what they need, yeah. and it's no wonder why they're not listening. Right. You know, they don't want. I mean, you got churches and things. You know, trying to. You know, they preaching the prosperity gospel, things like that, thinking it's going to draw people to God. It's not drawing people to God. Actually, they draw them away from God. They think about self. They think about, they inwardly uh, believe in God. They inwardly believe in themselves as God. And when they do that, they thinking that I'm going to draw strength from someone that create them to get them what they want in a materialistic kind of way. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of these people who think and do things like that, think about it like this. I'm going to put this out here for a second, and we're going to go a little bit further here. It's so many people who wants their marriage to be strong, you know, and, and they go to these kind of my, uh, different kinds of beliefs, like the prosperity gospel and stuff like that. They And a lot of people hunger for their marriage to be strong, but they can't because you you distracted with all this materialistic yeah, you kind focus, of thing. you focus on the stuff they talk about you can mm-hmm. get and end up. The marriages don't, they don't survive that. Exactly. A lot of the marriages do not survive those types of um, ministries. Exactly. We've seen so many marriages break up through the, uh, the, the uh, charismatic and... Yeah. You know, ministry, yeah. yeah, we've seen that, and it's it's sad because it's like I thought you had all the answers. <laughs> I thought that you know, if you just yeah. spoke this and said right. that, and you know, it's supposed to, no, because they make it seem like something magical. They call it faith, but it sounds like magic. It is it's because magic. why do you have so many hurting people? And then I know one time I asked you before, I said, why does it seem like you know? Because we even went to church like that and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why does it seem like there's a lot of you no know, when they do have. People in there, a lot of the members don't hardly have money. Mm-hmm. 
and they're sitting and they're hearing this message. And we've known people, they had been at that church 10, 20 years or whatever, and they still wasn't no better. They still, but they still believing that God going to give them whatever they, they were believing for. Right. But it was never happened. They kept pouring more money into making the, the, the uh, fattening the uh, pastor's pocket. Exactly. But it, but they, they were still poor. Yeah. See, and, uh, and the pastor wants to say, well, they didn't have enough faith. Are you kidding me? Yeah, pastor be It takes that. all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and here's the thing. This is the bottom line. It's really sad about that is that a lot of them are prepping up their churches in those poor communities and poor neighborhoods in the urban core. And when they and those communities still look the same. They say, exactly, my point is that. I don't care if the ministry is 20 25 years, 30 years old, the, 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 the community still just as jacked up as ever. Exactly. but Even talking, more so. But, but here's the problem, Boo. They claim that God's with them. And I said, if God, God touched things, he, it, things change. So if God is with you, that whole neighborhood around you and everywhere else would change. No. God's not with you. Well, people need to really start talking to the members of these <laughs> churches. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna have that segment on biblical territory review. That's oh, okay. a, yeah, that's gonna happen. Um <laughs> let's go ahead. I like this scripture here when he says here it says through these verses we learn about her devotion as a homemaker. Her main focus is the home. Mm -hmm. She loves being a homemaker. She adds productivity of the family her strength is the result of giving herself away to her household mm -hmm. that is profound because and that's one of the things that really make me angry with some of the people that i work around sometimes they throw up this 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 this, this mirage and thinking that they're strong, they have productivity, everything else, but they get frustrated. They get frustrated that um, that that you know of the job. Mm -hmm. But when you, I, I don't, I don't throw it in their face. But when they ask about you, I tell them that my wife is at home. They look at me like, really? She don't want to work? I said, well, I don't want to work. Yeah, yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> I said, she don't wow. want to, yeah. she said, she don't want to work. I said, she is working at home. She got a business now. I got a business. Yeah. <laughs> her business is at home. What she do at home? She take care of her. She take them home, or the, 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 the things at the home. She keeps, she's a keeper at home, and she take care of us. But you don't need to be taken care of, Cleveland, because. You don't need to be taken care of. Wow. That's what I say. I don't need to be taken care of. You can take care of yourself. You're an adult. Yeah. I wonder how successful their household is running. You know, they're not even married. Oh, why? <laughs> well, they, they was divorced for 10, 15 years. Oh, the plot thickens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because e even, you know, when your kids grow up, people like, well, okay, so what you going to do when you, when you when your kids are grown and they're gone? Are you going to go work then? Yeah. No, I still have a husband that needs to be taken care of. Huh? I'm like, what's wrong with you? He's always going to need to. He's my baby. I need, I have to take care of my boo. He's out there busting his butt, working hard for our family. And I want to make sure that his home is a haven when he comes home so he can kick back and relax. Because he's been out there, you know, working all day long. And he had to go through stuff. Yeah. And believe me, I have a Like he go out there and work and everything is all easy for him. And believe me, I go through stuff, man. I'm talking about people with demons in them. <laughs> 
But that's, <laughs> but that's one thing that a lot of wives don't think about. That, you know, like their husbands just go to work and it's all fun and, and, and games for them. No, he's had a hard day. Man. You don't know what has happened all that day. You know, all, all that. I mean, because think about it in Genesis and stuff when it talked about, you know, after, you know, <clears throat> and the curse fell upon Adam and Eve. And what was what what was Adam's curse? Yeah, he had to take the toil of the land. That means he had to work that land, that all that that destitute. That well, it doesn't happened. it doesn't sound like it's going to be an easy thing though. No. And so. It wasn't easy. So why wouldn't a wife be in her husband's helpmeet? Mm-hmm. Not want to create a place for him that is, you know, where he can relax and be comfortable. I mean, have a have a hot meal to eat. Right. You know, he didn't have to worry about cleaning anything. I mean, she got everything picked up and stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, so he can relax. Because I I had read somewhere before that um, husbands get stressed out when the house is dirty. I did not know that. I know yeah. I hear women say that, but I had never heard about a husband, you know, getting stressed out. He may not say anything. Right. But he, you know, just, it's not somewhere where he can just relax. I heard a lot of get women um because I, it, it's 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 a it's a thing that it, it's it's a mental thing yeah i heard a lot of women who are who who, who said that too and as a husband you were like why would he be stressed out about it? but i thought about it. it could be the demand of his job it could be anything what did this guy have to deal with nastiness every day he want to come home or, or maybe he's thinking about the fact that he's probably if she won't do it then he's got to do he got the he and had to work all True. day long and have to come Absolutely. home and clean up stuff yeah. i remember you told me when you were single you know you had to you yeah. know clean up once a week you know you had to make sure that the house was picked up and you had to do your laundry and yeah. you, know, you had to cook meals and things like that well with you having a wife you don't have to worry about any of that right. all you have to worry about is making sure that financially our family you know has what we need Right. And I'm glad to be able to take all those things off of your hands. Thank I'm God. I'm glad to be able to serve you that way. Amen. Because you're out there doing what God has called you to do, which is to take care of your family. Right. Now, I'm not going to put demands on you about how much money you need to make. Right. Right. Because I wouldn't be trusting God if I'm worried about how much money you make. Thank you. And I think that this is where um, men and the husband and the wife need to really come to terms you can't go around and trying to put all that. It's go back to the expectations. Men don't need to put all the expectations on the wife, and the wives don't need to put all the expectations on the husband. The world's way of doing things is their way. Yeah. God's way is biblical. It's sound. That's where you had to come with the world's view, the biblical worldview, his worldview, because mm -hmm. his worldview is much more. The yoke is lighter, mm -hmm. if you want to say it that way. It's lighter for you. If you trust in him. And see, I believe that what's going on now. It won't feel lighter if you're listening to the wrong messages. Thank though. you. And there's a lot of these messages out here. It's not biblical. And all the time we keep hearing and we bring this into the church. And we in keep our in our homes and everything. And we got the gall to say this is God. No. You got to test the spirits. You got to test every word, everything that proceeds out of the mouths of people. And if there is some God, it, people say, if some God, no. If God is in it, mm -hmm. you have to know that fruit comes out of it. So let's let me ask you a question about <laughs> back to um, when you were saying that they would want to know what I do all day long. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> okay, so if, the, if, if any of these women are married, do they cook? 
No. Do they make sure that their husbands have a hot meal? Well, you know, that's funny you say that. I don't. If they work it all to seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, no, they don't have time to fist fist them anything. Okay, oh. so who cleans up their house? That's a good question. That's a good question. Remember, we went to some of the people's houses that we know, uh, <laughs> and you know, they, they they marry, but the house don't look like it's being picked up for two, three, four, five weeks. Personally. Mm. And so, um, but they, but but the, but the wife's working. She's she want to provide money or whatever. Who, who works on the budget? Mm, well, depends. Maybe her. Who or, does the shopping? That's a good question. Probably both. I don't know. Who's finding good deals? You know, nah. to get more for your money. It's funny you said that. When you're a busy buy, you go you go ask a friend to do that. <laughs> I just want to know. I mean, because you're saying that they're, they're saying that they're, they're making it like a woman being at home, she's not doing anything. But you're doing all that. I mean, there's a budget mm -hmm. to to uh, to you know because I have to write I have to write up a list every day every week. I have to have a running list of things that needs to get done. Right. And part of that is I need to be able to you know look in the refrigerator and the cabs and things like that and see what we need, mm -hmm. what we're running out of, and what I need for for uh, meals for the next week. Right. And so then I and also you know I'm going to shop the sales and stuff like that. So I have to look yeah. through the through the sales circulars and things like that. Right. And see what what kind of things on sale. Well, that takes time to sit there and look through all of that. He does. That's not over. something that's going to take five minutes to do. No. And to plan out a menu for the week, it, that's not going to take five minutes. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And then, of course, you have bills that need to be paid, and you got to know when they got to be paid. And, you know, you don't you don't want to pay anything late, so you have to, you know, be able to um, write up a budget and know how to get everything paid on time. Yeah. That takes time. I mean, you're talking about a lot of brain work here. You have to use your brain to do a lot of things. Right. And then you know if you're if you are not just throwing something in the microwave from the freezer to eat and you're actually cooking a meal, it takes a while to cook a meal. Yeah, and plus you got to plan that meal. Well, I mean, after it's already been planned, you still got to you know yeah. when you actually fix it. Right, right. It takes right. time to fix the meal. Yeah, because you got to put the stuff in to make it you know the the meals and stuff like that. All that is considered when you cook it. Right, and so you know. Clothes got to get washed. Yeah, yeah, and you got to you got to clean the house, things yeah, like that. Yeah, we covered that. We got to clean the house. Yeah, also ironing. Mm -hmm. No, if your husband works at a job, he needs clothes to be ironed. I mean, he it would he would be good for his wife to be able to do that for him <laughs> as an act of service to him. True. Take take some things off of his hands. Yeah, especially you know, um, and this is one thing that a lot of wives really miss here. Your husband don't have to worry about if if things do break down, right? He don't have to go and come be surprised about it. Because she knows that she something knows is, is broke, broke and needs to be fixed. Right. And the thing is, a lot of men will look. I heard a lot of men say, I wish my wife could tell me if something breaks down the house. Mm. Instead of calling some other guy to do it, I could go ahead and do it. Because some guys look. Personally, I do it. But I don't know if I don't know how to do it. Hey, I find I try to find ways to try to get or get someone else to do it. Yeah, and you told me that you know just me being able to, you know, be at home and and be here to think through all this stuff. I have been able to help to help you to save money yeah. on a lot of stuff because I my mind is not somewhere else. Right. 
you know, occupied and stuff that I can't think about these things. Thank you. And so there is just like this this whole concept around what can a woman be doing at home. There is so much to do. And then on top of that, let's let's not even um miss the fact that I do spend time in the word. That takes time. Thank you. So oh, I yeah. had so I mean you have been here with me for a full day. Yeah. You know, some days when you're off of work and things like that. And you see how busy I am. I'm not sitting on the couch watching TV. I'm not on the phone gossiping and talking to people. I'm not on social media, you know, flipping you know, looking through every little thing, keeping up with what's going on to everybody. I am too busy doing things here at the house. Yeah. Doing things for our lives. Yeah. You know, I even, you know, even to educate myself more to learn about different things for me to be able to be creative around the house. Yeah. You know, with, with, you know decorating, right. you know, doing DIY projects and things like that. So there's always something right. that I am doing or learning that keeps me so busy that at the end of the day, yeah. all I want to do is just like, uh, kick my feet up. Yeah. Because I've had a very busy, productive day. You do, you do. You know, and and when I when 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 we were homeschooling and stuff, that that took you know a good portion of my day too. Yeah. Because you know our son, he needed help with things. Yeah. Some things he could do by himself, and some things I had to be right there with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and so there was so much that had to get done. Right. In in a, in a, in a, in a, in a uh, twenty-four hour period. And that's where that's And you're looking at me and you're like, I don't know how you do this. I remember when um I had you know, I was sick and I had to have surgery and stuff and I was down for a while and you took over everything that you could possibly take over so yeah. that I could have that time to recover and you would be so wiped out because you you was like, Man, you do a lot in a day Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't realize I did so much. Yeah, and believe me, it it, it literally it took a toll. I, I I did not rush her 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 uh, recovery. Please. No, you didn't rush the recovery. It's no, just... no, no. The, it was a lot because I had to clean. I had to take care of our son. I had to cook. I had to take care of her. I had to do all kinds of things. And believe me, it was it, trying to keep the household I'm running. Not, I'm trying to keep the household running. And I said, man, I'm, this is gonna be a crank, and this sound is gonna break. And, and, and I mean, it was really, really nerve-wracking but the thing was it he was said reward. i appreciate what you do I, I appreciate you boo i mean baby 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 you just don't know how much i appreciate that's why i look at these women at work i'm like you guys don't get it you just made my wife man sue if she's down we all down i mean if i had to if i was out of town you know my job and what i do take me out of town and and uh man if they even if, if you down and i have to go out of town <laughs> man cj our, our son our son will go crazy <laughs> he will be like what we're gonna who we're gonna eat then i had to <laughs> or wave for afar look it up and say so something's coming in he will he is like who gonna sign for mama's down she can't sign for it so it's just a lot of things i'm so i appreciate you so much for because man <laughs> if you, I mean, it is really ridiculous that a wife, in 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 all the things that you do, boo, you are worth it. You are worth yeah. it. And so, I'm glad I don't have to leave the home and go submit to another man, a boss. Yeah, I'm glad too. Yeah, I'm just here to submit to you, and I'm glad about that. Amen, amen, <laughs> amen. I am so 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 glad that because here I want to go into here right here this is really really good because i love this part here verse 25 to 26 this here 25 he says strength and strength and honor 
are her clothing. She shall rejoice in, in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Let me put this in here because I heard this and you probably will, will I love what you going to say in a minute, but I want to put this emphasis on here. It did not say that she's a preacher. Let me re repeat that one more time. She's not preaching. She is an influencer. You know, what she does, she learns about, about her influence as a teacher in the home. Mm -hmm. It starts with her character, right? She clothed with spiritual strength. She teaches with kindness, mercy, graciousness, gentleness, and compassion. She lives what she teach. Yeah. Because she's teaching these things to the children. I know mm -hmm. that, you know... <clears throat> during during the time we were homeschooling, mm -hmm. part of uh, some of the biblical lessons I would do with our son, I would we would um, we had one uh, year where we were well actually it, it spanned over a couple of years. We um, made this lap book, and it was it, it kept growing and growing and growing because we we were dealing with like um, you know trying to you know do character building type things because like I said. Um, there's more to a, to a child than just their education. Mm -hmm. right. Their character needs to, you know, be built. True. And so me having time to sit there and, you know, work with him with certain things and, 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 and bring to his attention about why we needed to be this way and not this way. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't work on a person's character... Right. You know, let them know the difference between a good, good, good character and a bad character. You'll end up with all kinds of flaws that haven't even been dealt with. And when you become an adult, oh my God, yeah, you're gonna have some problems. problems. And so we were able to work through some character issues. I'm glad you did that with him. But I wouldn't have been able to do that, had time to do that, if I were busy with all kinds of other stuff. Thank you. That's why I keep saying thank you for. Listen to God. And then when you would come home, we would talk about those things that we learned, mm -hmm. you know, and he would share with you and we would read the scriptures and things like that, you know, and show you the little lap book he would flip through and he'd tell yeah. you. And I'm so glad that, you know, even to this day we see the fruit of that because when he is around his peers and he hears the way they talk. Yeah. Uh, and when they say something and he can tell if it's off. Yeah. Real quickly, you know, and we and we taught him how to respond to it and things like that, and how to act, and know that you know what people in the world they think and act this way, so don't be amazed, mm -hmm. you know, because you know people in the world think different from from believers, right? So he's he's not shocked, yeah. but he also he, one thing about it you can tell. Nobody can't just tell him anything because he doesn't accept something. He sits there, he listens to what they say, he thinks through it, yeah, and he knows how to have a mind for himself. I, that's and you know that's he's what, like nah that that right there is not right. He said, know, "Do you know what they said? They actually believe that, but I know that's not the truth <laughs> because the word of God says this." Yeah, you know that's one thing I love about what you did, that what we did, especially you with him, is this, and it's really it's really grateful. When I was going through all that, uh, going through all the hell, everything else. You know, he does. He always still said, Dad, I love you. Because he showed him the character of love. 
and even when he went through that 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 you know the the teenage years, when I got right with God and everything else, it was a struggle for me to really convince him of that. But now, the boy, I mean CJ, I mean our son, really, really, truly love to hear what we have to say. Yeah, I think he was. You know, of course, with all teenagers, they go through those times and stuff where they're being, you know, they don't want to listen to their parents and things like that. You know, all kids do, but it's more, you know, it's it seemed like it's, you know, even worse when they're teenagers and stuff because they're trying to transition from, you know, that being that little child and they're trying to have more independence because they're they're headed to adulthood. Right. And so you gotta you gotta kind of work with that with them mm-hmm. and help them to understand. You don't take away their independence, absolutely. But you have to uh, work with them. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a, it. Can, it could be a hard time for a parent, or it can be a a a um, a great learning experience. It was. A and we did not have problems with him so much to where, you know, he just was totally gone, you know, from us. Yeah. He um, he still liked having a, our opinion and having us in our life, even though, you know, you were going through the things you were going through, and he was trying to, you know, be, become more and more rebellious because it was kind of like, well, if Dad can do this, then, you know, right. I, I can, you know, what are you getting on to me for, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so we, we had to nip that in the butt and talk to him about that and have the focus on, the, on him mm-hmm. dealing with his own sin. Right. But you can't look at what someone else is doing and have that, you know, you can't, you can't blame, you know, shift blame like that. You got to deal with your own sin. Right. I, I you agree. can't, that's, that's, that can't be your excuse. Right. So we did not even allow him to even, we, we had to nip that in the bud. We didn't even let him go there. So no, you need to deal with your own sin here. Amen. Because now you point fingers and yeah. you ain't supposed to do that because the Bible says in Matthew to take the log out your own eye. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we were able to do that and so I mean but he didn't give us a lot of problems I mean he went through his little time of whatever but it was it was very very brief for the most part we enjoyed him and when he became a teenager we enjoyed him a lot yeah we did a lot of parents I can't mean, say that but I we did. we enjoyed I our did. time with him because it was a lot of you know learning and growing for him but it was for us as well definitely and that's why I've, I think every stage with your children should you know there's a lot for our parent to grow and learn. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't I don't think that we need to look at kids in such a negative aspect in the way of like you know, I mean because the Bible says that they're a blessing. Yeah. And if you don't treat them like they're a blessing, then they're going to act exactly the way you expect them to be. Yeah. And see, that's one that I love about. So you got to be careful with the words that you say about yeah. them, because they will live up to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing I love about the fact that you know it says in the word of God that God will 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 uh, redeem all the things that the devil has stole from you, mm-hmm. and He did. I mean, all the the the, the stuff that the uh, that you know I went through, everything else. God has restored it hundredfold, and I'm gonna tell you how. You know, our son's twenty. You know, twenty years old. He's an adult now, but he wants to know more about being a godly man, and he asked me to help him and disciple him. And that's a long way away from him not even wanting to listen to you, huh? Yeah, it's a big <laughs> long way. But see, the thing is, baby, you plant you plant them seeds since second grade when he when um you know, it was before second grade, but mainly you no know, when we decided to homeschool him. Well, I'll tell you something else I did too. Um, one time you were at work, um, you know, that was some years ago. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I was just sitting there talking to him. We were talking about, you know, all the things that we had went through with you and stuff. And, you know, when when things weren't, weren't good. And I told him, I said, it was something that he had said, to, he had did something and he didn't have a good attitude about it. So I, I told him, I said, um, you need to respect your dad. He's the head of this household. I don't care if you don't like some stuff that he do. Mm-hmm. And you don't you don't agree with things with him. I said I'm gonna tell you something. All those years and stuff when when Dad and I was having all those problems in our marriage, it, it really wasn't even good that I wasn't even be, you know it would have been better had I had known how to submit to him. I said so you you have learned from me something that was wrong, which is to not respect him. I should have respected him anyway, no matter if he was saved or not. Mm-hmm. And I told him that, I said, and so I, and I had admitted that to him, that I wasn't being, you didn't see your mom being a respectful, submissive wife. And all it did was, it just, it didn't help your dad to act any better. I'm not responsible for his choices, but I certainly didn't help anything on my part of not uh, respecting and submitting to him the way God asked me to. So you need to learn to do your part and respect your dad because one day when you grow up and have children you don't want them to act act the way you're doing right now and don't <laughs> and don't you sit there and think that that your kids ain't gonna ever get mad at you about anything because believe me they will Damn. and you're gonna look back on this day and remember this conversation you're having with your mother yeah that's that's the that's exactly what and so that i she think that doing. that was a pivotal point in him being able to you know, because he, he had came back to me, like, you no know, later on down the road and said, Mom, you know, you're right. You're right. I do need to change my attitude. You know, and people, that's why people look at him and say, he don't look like he's autistic. I said, why are you looking at the the physical and the mental? Just look at the fact that God, God. Well, God. I, don't, I don't know any person with autism that you can necessarily look at them and see it. <laughs> I'm not, I haven't met anybody. No. Personally, we've met lots of people. You, yeah. you can't see autism. That's the thing about people wants to see the, 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 um, the physical um, in, um, the, uh, um, infirmities of a person. It's not a really... physical disability. No, I know. It's a <laughs> mental one. But no, the it's, even... it's, it's, it's more, you know, it's, the way they really act, it's, it's, it's more the way they act socially. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I, I'm going to look at this and, you know, maybe I'm, people will say I'm wrong and crazy saying this, but autism, the way I'm looking at it, it's yeah. It's a different. It's is is the wiring of the yeah, person. Yeah, the, uh, the way they look at their social. Developmental and social. Right, but the the way the social stuff is now, I think that the people with autism more normal than the people who <laughs> who claim to be normal. Well, I, I guess mean, it probably depends on their upbringing. So I don't know. And I, that's my point right there. Is the upbringing. I think the upbringing and the, the worldview they have is stoking them to become what they are. But let's. This here is really powerful. Verse 27-28. It's really good. I love this one. He says, She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children raise up and call her blessed. And her husband also. And he prays her. Yeah, so this is a this is a blessed wife and mother. Yeah. I mean, look at her children. Or you know, reverencing her, mm-hmm. calling her blessed, and her husband, he's praising her too. Well, well, you don't have a lot of men praising their wives, and you think that a lot of women would be looking at that. 
Oh, well, he just got issues. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe, maybe may not. not. <laughs> but we talking about you. Right. Because, because I, you expressing your attitude right now. Yeah. If your attitude's all jack up, everything about this whole thing, how can he praise you? Well, see, I, I was that wife. I had to stop and look at myself. Mm-hmm. That's what God had to show me. Wow. Sometimes, you know, you, you got to be brought down to some humility for you to get off your little haughty high horse. <laughs> you know, right. thinking so much of yourself. Right. Absolutely. And I've learned, you know, here 20-something years later, that's not going to work. If you really want to win this man over to the Lord, that is not going to work. I know. And, and CJ loved and, 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 and go all the way back to our Eve. Yeah. I mean, we, she know. was, you know, she wrongly influenced her husband. Now, he came away blaming her yeah. for God being upset with him. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> but here she is in a perfect place. You know, in the Garden of Eden, had everything she could ever need. Everything was perfect, and she wasn't even content with that. Yeah. The devil would convince her that she could have more. But in order for him to convince her, she obviously wanted more. Why? She had everything. Yeah. So now you got us now here. Here now, you know, after all of that has happened in the Garden of Eden and all all this time later, you still see a history of women Mm-hmm. They don't know how to be content. Wow. They keep wanting more. Yeah. And so instead of working with God, we're working against him. That's true. Because really, Wait. we're not looking at what's going on inside of our own hearts. <sighs> because like I said, I thought I was a really good wife. Mm-hmm. I was striving to be a good wife until God opened up my eyes to... I don't need to be a good wife. I need to be a godly wife because I say I'm saved. I say I'm a believer. I say I'm a child of God. Why am I trying to be a good wife? That's for the world. I'm supposed to be godly. Yeah. Good and godly are two different things. Yeah. They got the same uh, uh, first um, letter G, but it, it spelled G-O-O-D for but one. But even Jesus said no, no one, one is good. good. Yeah, that's so my point. So why are we striving to be good? Yeah. Exactly. So that's no, that's not what was needed. I needed to be a godly wife, and that looks totally different from what the world is telling us. What good, good, you know, when they talk about good, that is, it's, it's, it's totally different. Yeah. It looks totally different, but I can tell you, it's better, because yeah. I know that I, I have a piece in me that even, even women out here who are striving to be good women and good wives, or whatever, mm-hmm. I bet you I got more peace than they have. I, I can boldly say that. I don't I mean I don't care what anybody thinks, but I can boldly say that I am happy yeah. at the choice that I've made and the road that I'm on. I'm happy with it. Cause I, no one forced me to do this. I chose this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I made this choice and I'm happy about the choice. I don't care what no one else thinks. And that's why <laughs> oh and I'm that's why Everybody's like, wow. you're always smiling. Yeah, because you happy. <laughs> you happy, you know, you clap your hands. Yeah, because... And it's not because you and I are perfect people. No. We have our days. Oh, yes, we do. But I'm still happy yeah. because I'm at peace. Yeah. I know, I know where I'm going. I know my direction in life. I know what path I'm on. 
And it's not a path that someone else wanted me to be on. It's the path that God wanted me on. Right. I love, that's what brings me, what you just said, to this part here, verse 29 30. This here is many doors have done well, but you excel them all. Right? But this is what the, this you'd have. But look at this. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passive. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. So maybe that's why the husband is praising his wife. You know, we talked about it verse 29. Because <laughs> exactly. he sees that. He sees that. And he's praising God because of it. He's thinking him. He's thinking God. He's worshiping and thanking God because she worships and fears God. And he feels like he don't have anything to fear. He can... Oh, uh, relax. He can breathe. He doesn't have to worry about nothing. He ain't got to worry about her spending up all his money recklessly, and he ain't gonna, he's gonna be left with nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, he's just not worried. He 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 knows they're partners together. Wow. She has his best interest in mind. He can trust her with their children. I mean, he don't got nothing to worry about. He's left it in God's hands. He's not worried. Right. And and you know that's so amazing with that baby. This is the major part of this. This is what the, the the tip of the iceberg is. It's when a man realized that if I die and go home with the Lord, I don't have to, see, see everything's covered. Yeah, because it's not because she's a good woman. It's the God in her that he trusts. He's like, that woman follows God, and I trust that she's going to do what's right. She's going to do the what's best. And yeah. that's what he's trusting. It's not her. It's God the, in, in her. her. It ain't even, it's nothing about her. It's God in her. That goes to verse 31. He said, give her the fruit of her hands and let her own words praise her in the gates. People will see how blessed and how God is favored in you. Now, a lot of people use the blessing highly favored. God is the one who's supposed to be highly favored. We're supposed to be praising him. Not the other way around that we are blessed and highly favored. He is blessed and highly favored. And when you look at that in that standpoint of the fact that God is the centerpiece of your, your life. Yeah. Oh my oh, God. Oh, did you hear that testimony at church today when the uh, the guy was saying that, you know, him and his wife been married 60 something years and he said that he was thankful for how she had been supportive of him. Yeah. Through those 50 years of ministry. Yeah. Not her trying to be successful or anything like that, but her support. He was doing exactly what is saying here in the he scripture. Praise her. He praised her. Yeah, he's he was praising her. And he was th- he was giving thanks to God. Yeah. And I, I Because was, she she supported him. Yeah. She supported him. And I'm just sitting there looking at this old man. I'm just like that that is a beautiful testimony right there. That's one of the beautiful things about giving God glory is to have a person on your side. Yeah. And that's being what it's there. all about. It's not all about the success and stuff. Yeah. You know, one of the things I remember you told me when we when we decided to move back to our home state, you made a you 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 made a, a, a proclamation. You said, Cleveland, I just want to live life with you. You didn't care about 
the money, the fame, the glory, all this stuff. The stuff that I strive for when I was young, stupid, ignorant, and not safe. Or things your parents said that we supposed to have. Right. Supposed to have this at 20-some years old, blah, 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 whatever. When you told me that, I sit there and thought about that and say, you're right. I want to live life with you. I want to live life with my wife for the rest of my life. I want to enjoy her. And come to find out, I can't enjoy. Man, I said, all it takes is a little creativity. Yeah. <laughs> just just yeah. be creative and you can create your own fun. Thank you don't you. have to have money to have fun. Exactly. And when you, you can treat life like an adventure. Exactly. <laughs> and see, that's the thing that was so amazing was that when we made, when you told me that, I was like, she's wonderful. I, I tr oh my gosh, she's the best friend I ever had. I have friends, but you are the best. And I could go to her. She knows my quirks, my shortcomings, everything. But you know the amazing thing about you? You don't expose that to people out here. You tr I, That's why I oh, trust no, you. No, no, no. That's not my place to do that. But you got but women. How would, I be, how would I be a help me to you if I were doing that? True. But some you people, would not trust me ever again if I did that. You know, know. why? Because that's one of those childhood things yeah. that we talked about. Yeah, you're right. It is. You had people in your life who did that to you. There's a lot of people did that. People you trusted, family members, close people. Mm -hmm. And they just took advantage of it. Yeah. But you know what? That's why I said, no, we could die together, you know. No, of course, I could easily say, yeah, you, you just need to man up. But you don't need to hear that from me. No. I just need you to say, hey, babe, I got you. Right. Same with you. I mean... Imagine if, if I were your girlfriend and I were acting like that. We wouldn't be dating for too much more longer. <laughs> You'll be out. I'm just being honest. You'll be like, what? And I said, replacement. So, yeah. So God, he, he calls me to be a wise woman. A wise woman builds her house. A foolish one tears her down with her hands. Sure. I choose to be a wise woman. So I'm going to be wise about the, my choices and what I'm saying and what I'm doing and my behavior and how I act to things. Yeah. I want to be that wise woman who builds her house. Amen. And, you know, um, we want to reiterate this here. It's so many, you know, we want to encourage you to go to my wife's blog. And that is, uh, you know, just go to rcrnetwork.com and we will link it uh, on the sidebar. I'm going to do that tonight, uh, do that for you guys so you can link it. So you could go to her blog and you could go check the rest of this out. It, I mean, we cover everything in this. We really did. And this here, this is the beautiful thing about this whole thing, about being the uh, be the characteristics of a proper story one uh, as a wife. Is that... A whole lot more than being this successful career woman. <laughs> exactly. It's a whole it's a lot. lot of meat in there. It's a lot of meat. And my, we covered this extensively. And it's really remarkable to really know that this 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 this, this, this the, the excellent wife that explained it, the traits of it is right there. God has given... I, I'm so proud of you, baby. I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I'm literally reading everything that has been said about my excellent wife. Yeah, and another thing that is confusing, too, um, I know you, you uh, told me this time and time again, you brought this point out, 
is when you hear women talk about they they uh, want to be a Proverbs uh, 31 woman. A lot of these women be single. Well, this woman here, this queen, she's not a single woman. She's a married woman. Yeah. She yeah. has a husband and children. Yeah. They ain't say anything about being a single woman. And it be killing me. I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. And it be, and it be it's coming from some of those... Um, those prosperity and charismatic churches and some mm -hmm. of them that's not really adhered to the word, but they do that. They always say they use they use cliches and they trying to say I'm a Proverbs third one woman. I said, Well, are you married? And they said, No, I'm single. Well, this well, said, I, okay, if she were to get married, is she gonna be able to to tone her attitude down to to fit into this? If she acted like that as a single person, <laughs> no. <laughs> If she could get if if she's acting like that as a single woman, of course not. She's not gonna tone herself down, and that's one of the sounds like a high maintenance woman. Yeah, and, and I, I've heard most men don't want no high maintenance woman. Yeah, and it's just so sad. Um, and you no, know, no, in churches and a lot of churches, especially some churches that we went to, everything else, a lot of women. Uh, propagate themselves to be this blessed, highly favored, and probably start one woman, and and uh, um, all these other greats, all these other stuff. But but boils down to the whole truth of the matter: where is your humbleness? Yeah, I know. I had um, read somewhere it was about a couple months back, and somebody had made a statement. It was online. I, don't, I can't remember who it was that mm. I had read, mm -hmm. but I just kept reading because it was intriguing to me um, seeing that. You know, they were talking about, it was supposed to be addressing women in the church who, you know, these high maintenance type women, you know, you know, God made them like that for a reason. And what they needed was to find a man who could appreciate that. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> That's not even in the Bible. Thank you. High maintenance women. Because we're going to be getting to some scriptures and stuff later on in, in our series, you know, in the broadcast and stuff. It's going to be showing the kind of characteristics a woman is supposed to have, you know, mm -hmm. more characteristics of a godly woman. And uh, that's not in there. <laughs> I cannot wait. That, for that those things are not going to be helpful for you to be married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A married woman of God. You know. And a man don't need to um, fix, fix himself to be that because we are called to adapt to our husbands. Right. How you gonna adapt to your husband if you trying to find a man to fit you? Believe me, you got because you don't want to change to be what God called you to be. It's a lot of women act that way. A lot of women act that way so 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 badly. It's haughty. It's yeah. And it sickens. It's not godly at all. Oh, it sickens the heck out of me because I see that in churches, especially churches that predominantly where women are running. And when you see that, there's 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 no there's no balance. It's not it's not run according to what Paul said God said it's supposed to be. And when you don't have that going on, you gonna have an unbalance in there. Well, they haven't met no truly godly god-fearing men because i keep hearing even it's almost you know we'll be celebrating another year you know soon mm -hmm. 2020 and even even this far in history i still hear men say 
you know, that they, they, they want a f- nice feminine woman. Me too. A quiet woman, a sweet woman. They still want those things. There are men out there that still want that. I know. A woman that knows how to be a lady. I know. And, 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 uh. and all of this loud talking that women doing and all this, you know, acting like, you know, masculine like men and stuff. This, this is going against them. That's why they're miserable. Yeah. They are miserable because they believe in a lie. Yeah. Because that's not what that's not what men really want. No. They are very, very deceived. And definitely. Wow. Well, we're gonna go ahead and close this broadcast out because um we got a whole oh my god. We got a part three coming up, which is gonna be phenomenal, which we're gonna talk a little bit more about that next week. This this one here about the trace of an excellent life. It's really remarkable. Um, you got to um, go to my wife's uh, blog. We'll post it on our website on rcrnetwork.com, and it can go directly to it, so you could be engaged into what why she's making these, um, you know, making this 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 full engaged blog about. It. It's really helpful, and I want to encourage you to really take this with an open heart, with an open mind. And allow God to show you through this. Because when you look at what God is doing through what my wife went through. This is her encounters. Let God use you to get to what you need to be to become this excellent wife that he calls every wife who are who is a believer to be. And not to really be ashamed or feel like you can't be this way. You can. God calls every wife, Christian wife, to be a godly wife. Every last one of them. So I want my wife to pray, you know, for the, the excellent wives, and I'm going to pray right behind her. So, baby, go ahead and take it from there. Well, Father, I just thank you for this time that we've had to share what your word has said and things that you have taught me. And I just pray that, you know, if there are other wives out there who are struggling and they're confused and don't know know which way to turn in their role they're struggling in their marriage they're struggling in their walk with you i just pray father that you will touch their hearts father and 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 give them peace of mind knowing that you are there with them father send some godly mature women their way to help them i pray that their hearts be open to want to learn from a mature older woman or a woman who is more mature in them you know spiritually that will lead them to your true father and just pour wisdom into them from your word not their own feelings and thoughts but from your word and just share with them things that you have taught them that has helped them in their marriages and in their lives father to be godly wives godly mothers so that they may live in your will thank you father and father we just thank you right now from the people who listen in, we just thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for thank you for my wife. Thank you for for her obedience to you. But Father, I pray that every every person, every wife, every wife, every wife who wants to know you, Lord, I pray that they humble themselves and receive you as as Jesus be their Lord. And they and Lord and they and Jesus saved them. 
Father, we just thank you. And we thank you so much right now that everyone listening, including husbands, that listening as well, that they will seek you first. And if they're not right with, with you, Father, I pray their hearts will come to know the Lord as well. That that whole family dynamic will change just like ours did. And we thank you, Father God, because of, of what you have done in our lives. Thank you, Father, that my wife gave me up to you. And thank you, Father, for save, bring your son to save me. But most importantly, all thank you, Father, for just loving us so much that you have given us the means to give the word to the people who need it the most through, uh, through us, that you doing this through us. We praise you so much, Father, for everything you do today. In Jesus' wonderful, my name, amen. Thank you so much to be part of the Family Union Radio Show. This is a blast. My wife, in her godly wisdom that God given her, is so, so wonderful. I love her to death. I cannot wait to next week's broadcast because it's going to be as more, much more impact as this one. And stay, just be part of that and listen in to all the things that we have to say. Thank you so much to be part of the Family Radio Show. And we thank you, each and every one of you, to be part of that. We will definitely see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Family Unit Radio Show. We pray that this radio show helps you understand God's design for the family according to His Word. Tune in next week for more from the Family Unit. And may God bless you. The Family Unit Radio Show is copyrighted by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.